Shabbat Shalom, Scattered Israel. This is the Unexpected Cosmology, and my name is Noel Joshua Hadley. And tonight we will be, well, let's just say that tonight is not your father's Bible study. This is some cutting edge stuff. We're going to be jumping into the Paleo Hebrew. The Paleo Hebrew is totally cutting edge. And a quick story on this it was probably about two years ago that. Pamela was doing some translations of the Paleo Hebrew, and she was passing it around on this uh, Discord here at the Unexpected Cosmology. And I read one of them, and I don't know how many she had written at that point, but I read one of them. I'm like, Pamela, this is really good. And uh, what are you planning to do with this? And I asked her, I said, can we post these as articles on the Unexpected Cosmology? And she agreed to it. We started putting them up there. I don't know how many we put up there, 30-something? Not really sure. Uh, they're still up there. And as she's putting them up, I'm like, Pamela, this is, we got to turn this into a book or something. We got to get this out there because uh, people need to know about the, the Paleo-Hebrew and these magnificent translations you're doing. So uh, here we are at Presence. And this is perfect timing because for those of you in the TUC book club, they should have been delivered to you just this last week. Uh, my understanding is that some of you listening right now have a copy in front of you on your lap and you could read along from there. For the rest of you, we do have a PDF copy in here uh, that you can read from uh, personally. So without further ado, here's Pamela. Shabbat Shalom, Pamela. Welcome tonight. Uh, thank you, Noel. Thank you, everyone who is here with us tonight. Um, before I get started, I sort of want to give a little bit of a preface or introduction um i just wanted to kind of be transparent and make you aware of a few things the first is that i did not grow up speaking any kind of hebrew of course i'm from alabama and probably people who would postulate that i have yet to speak english but uh, i do not have a degree in hebrew i uh, i have a degree in music and so the information that I'm going to share with you is it is things that I have discovered with um, research and with the Ruach. I really, I really owe a lot to them because a lot of times she would point me in, in the direction and she'd say this and then I'd start digging it, digging and I'd I find, oh yeah, that's that's what is what it's saying. So, I I I owe um, I owe the ruach, uh, you know, the credit for a lot of this. Now it started not long after I came to Torah. I uh, I grew up in a, in a in, you know a Protestant church, and. Uh, not long after I came to Torah, which is the summer of 2017, I started really, you know, delving into scripture because I realized that uh, if the Torah is true and applicable for our times, I, I needed to know. I needed to know the requirements. And it's just, I, I suppose I'm... I, I, I had to find out for myself. 
because you have so many different voices out there saying, this is what that means. This is what that means. Oh no, this is what it means. So I, I started delving into it. And then the Psalms in particular, I wanted to, I wanted to set them to music. I'm a musician. I write music. That's what I do. I arrange music. That's what I do. So I wanted to set them to music. And I, I was looking at the Hebrew and I had this moment. It was just, it was like an epiphany. I was looking at Psalms 56 and I had struggled. I had struggled in, in the modern, with the modern Hebrew. And in that moment, as I was looking at Psalms 56, it, it just, it clicked. And I just, I could see, I could see the rhythm of the words. I could see what, what David was trying to say. And it was just, it, for me, it was a profound moment. And, and for a long time, I felt like I was working in a vacuum. I mean, I was doing it for myself. And you can, when you're doing that sort of thing, you, get, you can get discouraged. So um, I, I, I shared a few, and as, as Noel said, he, um, he and others, you know, they, they gave me these encouraging words. And so as I was learning about the paleo, learning about the original text, it, it, it became this journey, this journey. And I, I started realizing uh, their lives. I could see their lives. I could see their thought process. I could see um, just their humor, the humor of their everyday life. And so um, what, I, what you have, what we have here now tonight, it's not a mechanical translation. It is not a mechanical translation because uh, we have those. And it's not a word, one word for one word exchange from Hebrew to English, because uh, in my opinion, it, that just, it's just not possible. It's just not possible to, to do justice to the text by trying to fit one English word into a Hebrew word, because the English is just, it's just inadequate. And uh, so this is the possibilities. It is the possibilities in the text. It's, it's uh, the meanings, not just the meanings. It's, it's the pictures that you're seeing because the paleo is a pictographic type uh, language. And so I, I'm try, I have tried in this, I have tried to convey um, the Hebrew thought and, uh, uh, as I was doing it. Now, just to give you a little bit of background about the paleo, uh, in the scripture, it's called, it's, it's given two names. It's given the uh, name Kathu, which means writing. And David used this, uh, this, this word. And uh, Ezra used Yahweh Dayas, which means he will breathe information. And some, sometimes, mostly it's usually translated as the Jew, Jewish language. Or the language of the Jews, but that's that's not what it's actually saying. It's saying that it's Yah's is breathing this. So, um, so he sent, so he has sent messengers, you know, messengers. He he when he was showing David the pattern of the temple, he he sent it to him in writing, in the Kasu, 
And um, when Daniel, you know, that scene in Daniel where, where um, the writing, the fingers appeared on the wall, that's the paleo. He was writing on the, in the wall in paleo. And the Babylonian king sees it. His, he, he literally, his knees start knocking together. And Daniel just simply reads it. He doesn't go and, and, you know, pray over it to find out the meaning. Like, you know, sometimes Joseph, like Joseph did. He, he just simply read it because that was the language of the Hebrew people. Now, uh, some of the rules of Hebrew, of the paleo, you have like the modern Israeli Hebrew, you read from right to left. It is pictographic. Each letter has a meaning of its own. And what makes it so easy to learn is because our brains process pictures so much faster. Now, uh, the paleo is not modern. It is not modern Israeli Hebrew. These are two separate languages. I made a mistake in the beginning because I was trying to fit the paleo on top of the modern. It just doesn't work. Uh, it's not Aramaic. It's not Syriac. It's, these are separate languages. A lot of these languages have come out of the paleo, but they are not paleo. Um, there are no vowel points. That happens in modern. Uh, this, is, this was an interpolation. That means it was added. These Nakud were added. And there is no capitalization. There are no silent letters. The consonants are pronounced the same every time. That means that they don't change. Say, for instance, if you put a little dot uh, or it doesn't have a dot, the B changes to a V sound. It, it's, that's not the way it is. They don't ch t change shape, and there are vowel sounds. There are five vowel sounds, and those are the off, the yod, or yod, the uh, the hey, the ua, which is usually called the vav, and ion. So there are five, at least five. Vowel sounds in the kasu, the, the Yahuwah Dayat. Now, a lot of people um, may cling to the modern. I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage it. I'm just trying to help people recognize it's a separate language. It is the language of the Israeli people today. Uh, but as you can see in, the, in this uh, PDF, I get. I got this from Rebecca, and I thank her for this. Um, that that these original Hebrew letters, the Paleo, it was changed. They rewrote the Torah in the Assyrian characters. These are Babylonian letters, and um, and in uh, another instance, if you'll notice. Uh, this excerpt from the Legend of the Jews, Volume 4, I've skipped over. Um, in the realization of his second hope, the spread of the Torah, Ezra was so zealous and efficient that it was justly said of him, if Moses had not anticipated him, Ezra would have received the Torah. 
In a sense, he was indeed a second Moses. The Torah had fallen into neglect and oblivion in his day, and he restored and reestablished it in the minds of his people. It is due to him chiefly that it was divided into portions to be read annually, Sabbath after Sabbath in the synagogue. And it was, and he it was likewise who originated the idea of rewriting the Pentateuch in Assyrian characters. To further his purpose more, he or, ordered additional schools for children to be established everywhere, though the old ones sufficed to satisfy the demand. He thought the rivalry between the old and the new institutions would redound to the benefit of the pupils. So you can see that modern Hebrew is not, it was not the language used in the writing of the majority of the Old Testament or the Psalms. It was the paleo. And paleo, from the evidence that I have found, um, it went up to at least 67 A.D., 100 A.D. So it it was still in use. In fact, um, the the uh, Pharisees of Yeshua's day, uh, they were saying of him, you know, where did he get this knowledge? No one has taught him the letters. And so they're, they're like saying, uh, how does he know this, the, the paleo? How does he know the letters? And, um, and so in Proverbs, it says we, we 25 and Proverbs 25 two it says, it is the glory of Al-Hayam to conceal a thing. It is the honor of kings to search out a matter. Now that word there, it is actually debar, which is word. It is the glory of Al-Hayam to conceal a word. It is the honor of kings to search out a debar. And so that's, um, that's a lot of what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, we're going to search out a word. We're going to search out many words. And uh, I hope that you are as blessed in this reading and this, this commentary as I was in my discovery of it. And I, I just have to say that I am surprised every day. I'm surprised every day at what I find. So with that being said, Noel. Well, a picture is worth a thousand words. And as you can see here, if you're looking on page seven of the document, uh, we see the Psalm 1 here in the Paleo-Hebrew. Pamela was kind enough to to put these on top of uh, each of her psalms, so you could you could source this for yourself, and you could see that these are uh, word pictures that that what she draws out of here are the many possibilities. So starting with Psalm one, happy the man who makes no plans, who charts no voyage according to the advice or counsel of the condemned and wicked, the fallen ones. A shar- <laughs> maybe uh, uh, Pamela can correct me on this, but ashar ashar aya. Ha-a-yash. Happy the man who does not arise to dwell, to be employed, to transverse a road, to take a journey. He is in no wise a passenger of those accounted as criminals, the transgressors of Torah. Asharaya Ha-a-yash. Happy the man who does not settle, who does not marry, 
who does not continue in company, does not make his dwelling or place of sojourning with the teachers of mockery, the ambassadors of scorn. The Barak and Happy has pleasure in and favors the Torah of Yahuwah. 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 I am so sorry for, <laughs> for just... Like, uh, thank you. The self-existing one in the Torah, he speaks, he imagines, he studies and ponders, both during the day season and when darkness of adversary twists from the light. The Barak and Happy One is a firm tree. He shall be transplanted, rooted and secure by life-giving streams. Where shall... Where shall be gathered together a flourishing watercourse? In due time, a fruitful reward shall be his. His foliage will not wither or fade. No dishonor or blight shall strike. His labors, his industry, his office of governance, his service and sacrifice shall break forth into profit and prosperity. The condemned shall be winnowed like chaff. With violent exaltation, the ruach shall drive them away. The morally wrong shall not rise when the verdict of judicial ruling comes. The transgressors of the Torah shall not congregate with the Sadaya Kuyam. The self-existing one, Yahuwah, ascertains, acknowledges, advises, and through careful observation cares for and instructs the course of life or the mode of action of the Sada Kuyam. The morally wrong, the transgressors of Torah, with their customs and mode of action, shall perish with no chance of escape. So Pamela has allowed me to read this uh, on my best behavior, so hopefully she doesn't uh, <laughs> pull me off stage. But uh, back to you, Pamela. Thank you for letting me read that. Thank you, Noel. Um, I, still, I still stumble over the, the pronunciation, so I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a work in progress for me. So uh, if I make mistakes, I hope you all, you all will give grant me grace too. Um, now, if, if you notice, it's just uh, the Hebrew Paleo Hebrew is it's, it's beautiful. It is so descriptive. Um, you've got this. It actually is giving you a picture of what's happening, of what's happening in the text, and. Um, I mean, if you looked at the back of the back of uh, the Psalms from the Paleo, it says the Baruch and happy one is a firm tree. So you've got this contrast. Now, they, they like to do this a lot. They like to contrast things. They like to contrast people, those who follow Yah, who follow the way of Yah, and those who do not. Now, the first picture we have, the first words, um, I, I just love this. It's actually, it's actually the, well, I, I don't know if I, I said this in the beginning, but uh, Hebrew, the Paleo-Hebrew is a root-oriented system. That means every word has a two-symbol parent root. If you can find that parent root, then you know the underlying meaning of that word. Now, in the case of the first three uh, words in this psalm, let me see if I can get this up here. Yeah, hopefully this will post for us. Okay. 
If you can't, if it doesn't show, yes, there he is. All right, so if you notice, um, it's uh, Asharia, 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 Hi, And um, of course, I left out the Ashar at the end. What this is saying, each one of these, I want you to look and you see those first two symbols on the right hand side, the Aleph and the Shin or the Shan, the Aleph and the Shan, those two symbols together make the word Ah, which is fire. And that is the root word of all three of those words. And uh, it says happy, uh, happy the man, which, and you could, it's actually happy again, but my happy, the man, happy is actually what it's saying right there. So this man is actually, uh, and I want you to look at the second word, the one in the center. You've got the hay, the aleph, the yod, and the shin. Now you take the fire, the word fire, ash, aleph, shin. You drop the yod in, which represents work. So man is a work of fire. And so this is, happiness is a fire inside the person. You see that resh, which is the third symbol from the right. That is the resh, and that represents a person, or it could be chief. So it is the chief fire, and the work of man, man is a work of fire, and happy again. So I, I think if, if, if this is, if happiness is the chief fire, or the first fire, maybe that was the first emotion that humanity had was happiness. And this is not the type of happy, it's not that, oh, I'm so glad. Uh, oh, that makes me feel good. No, it's, it's the kind of happy in which this fire rises up inside of you. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of give you an, an example from my own life. Um, it's the happy that I experienced when my daughter, just this last Thursday, she was safely delivered of her, her baby. Uh, she had preeclampsia and I, it was just, uh, we almost lost her with her first baby and uh, because of preeclampsia. And so when she was safely delivered of the baby, it was that feeling, that, that, that feeling that rises up in you, that joy that rises up. You might've experienced it, you know, like if you ask a young lady to marry you, you felt that feeling. Um, it's it's that that rising fire within you. So you could see that that this is a kind of happy that it's not. Oh, I feel glad, you know, kind of thing. It's it's an intense emotion, an intense happiness. And in this case, happy the man who makes no plans, who charts no voyage, according to the advice or counsel of the condemned and wicked, the fallen ones. Now, if you notice, we have one, two, three stanzas. All of that comes from just a few words, just a few words. And the word is uh, walk. It comes from the word walk or journey. And so these are all ways that we can walk with someone else. You know, I think that it says, how can two walk together unless they agree? 
And we're told in the New Testament, don't be unequally yoked with another. And so you're not journeying with anyone. You're not walking. And it's, it's, it's making a journey with this person. It's, it's, it's like your companions. You're not making plans. You're not voyaging with this person. You're not dwelling with this person. You're not employed by this person. You're not traveling on a road or making a journey. You're not even a passenger with this person. You don't settle down with them. You don't marry them. There was also, I didn't put this in there, but you don't have intercourse with that person who does not continue. You do not continue in their company with these teachers of mockery, ambassadors of scorn, these people who transgressed the Torah. And I, instead of, you know, usually they put in sinners or wicked, but uh, I, the word is actually condemned. They're already condemned by not following to the Torah. These, these scornful, they, they're already condemned. And so uh, these have transgressed Torah. Now, uh, the Baruch and Happy has pleasure in and favors the Torah of Yahuwaha. Now, it, it's, it's, it actually says in the Torah. That, that word is there. And in the Torah, he speaks, he imagines, he studies, he ponders. All this comes from the word for meditate. He meditates upon the Torah. And this is not just a casual sort of thing. It's not just, I'm reading it. It's, it's like, uh, it actually, the word comes from, uh, it means to murmur or, or, or you, it's like you're growling under your breath. It's like, have you ever read something to your, you're reading something, but you, you don't even realize that you're muttering the words under your breath. And, um, so they're meditating, they're sighing over it. They're, it's 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 a prof, it's, it's profound and so he's imagining and he does it during the day and he does it you know when in during the darkness now my favorite one of my favorite portions is right here the baruch and happy one is a firm tree he is he shall be transplanted rooted and secure by life giving stream um he, it yields its, if you notice, it's a fruitful reward shall be his. His foliage will not wither or fade. No dishonor or blight shall strike him. His labors, his industry, his office of governance, his service and sacrifice shall break forth unto prosper, profit and prosperity. And uh, it's, it's a picture of, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful picture. And it's just, I, I thought that, you know, Noel's design of the cover was, was so, um, so, uh, so fitting. And if you ever saw his picture that he posted to go with this psalm on the psalm project on the unexpected cosmology, it's, it's, it's so, so fitting. This, this picture of a, a beautiful flourishing tree. And this is not the only time that, that, that humans are, are taught to, are that there's use this, this uh, analogy or metaphor for a, a human being a tree. You know, when, when Yeshua healed the blind man, 
he said, you know, how's your, how's your eyes doing? He says, I see men as trees walking. And so you find it in the Old Testament, you find it in the New, and human, you know, like a firm tree, and uh, his labors, his his industry. It's if you are struggling for the kingdom right now, if you're struggling for the kingdom right now, it there will be a payday someday. There will be a payday. It says so right here. And no dishonor or blight will strike. And so the work that you're doing for him, no, no dishonor. There will be no dishonor or, or blight strike it. And now we have this, this contrast, this contrast. The condemned, you know, they're not so. It, it's not going to be the same for them. These, these who are... Uh, condemned already condemned they're already condemned uh this word is rasha and sometimes used as ungodly wicked uh but it's um someone who has an unrighteous cause someone who has it's the resh of course which is uh, a person or chief and then the shin, it, it, it means devouring. It means destruction. So this person of destruction and their experiences, destruction. And so they're already guilty. They're already liable to punishment. And um, it says they're going to be winnowed like chaff. And with violent exhalation, the ruach shall drive them away. Now this... This is one of those points that it really bothers me because you'll find most translation says the wind drives them away, but it is not wind. Wind is resh, la, hey, and uh, ruach is the pet or hot. And the ruach, uh, if you look at the, at the, if you look at the, uh, at the paleo, the ruach is resh, the uah vowel, which is a connector, and the het is, it can either be a, an obstruction or a wall of protection. And so the ruach is a wall of protection. And of course, you've got the, the resh, which represents a person or chief. And so it's the person who is a wall of protection. And as you can see, she, she blows them away. She drives them away. Um, and she's, she's protecting. And who's she protecting? I think you know who she's protecting. And it says, the morally wrong shall not rise when the verdict or judicial ruling comes. Um, they will not stand. Uh, in some translations, uh, or when you when you say shall stand, uh, it means they will not arise. I'm I'm wondering sometimes does that mean he they're not going to um, give a testimony, or they cannot arise against someone, as in they can't bring forth their accusation. Um, 
they can't stand fast. That can also, it can also mean that. They can't stand fast. It means they won't be able to continue. They will not be able to continue when the verdict or the judicial ruling comes. Because, again, they're, they're, already, they're already condemned. And so they shall not congregate with the Zadayah Kuyam. This is the righteous, the ones who follow the correct path. They're not going to congregate with those who are following the right path. And again, this, this scene, it's like a scene in, in a courtroom. In this particular set, setting, you've got uh, the morally wrong. They're, they're not going to be able to stand. They're not going to be able to continue. They're not going to congregate with the righteous. The self-existing one, Yahawaha, he's, you can see he's, he's ascertaining, he's acknowledging, he's advising. He's looking at the evidence. That's what's going on here. He's looking at the evidence. And then, after his careful observation, he cares for and instructs the course of life or the mode of action of these Zadiah Kuyam. And the morally wrong, the transgressors of the Torah with their customs and their mode of action, they shall perish with no chance of escape. So we have this. This one person, he's a firm tree. He will continue, just like a, a tree, this beautiful, luscious tree. But then you've got this other, he's going to be blown away like a, with a violent exult, exhalation of the Ruach, and he will perish, or she will perish uh, with no chance of escape. So... Um, Thus ends uh, one. All right, Psalm 2. Those nations who have no covenant with Yahuwah make a tumult. They rage. They gather into a community. They, me they mediate. They study worthless things in vain. Malachiah of earth takes position. The noble princes take counsel. They advise one another. They establish a foundation. They set their plans united, working as one, to cast off, break asunder, any bond or restraint. The self-existent one, Yahua, Masha Yakaua, place upon them. Cast off, hurl away, the wreathed chains. The established one who dwells, the keeper of the house, settles down to judge. The high and lofty one above the arch of sky shall with laughter and loud derision make sport of them. Adonai shall mock. He shall hold them in derision. Answer, command, subdue with your word. With the flare of his nostrils and a blast of his wrath, they shall be dismayed speedily. Palpitations shall seize them at his fierce anger. Pour out a libation. Anoint Malak, king and messenger, Set him upon his throne, upon the sacred mountain of Zion. Make an inscription, scribe and tally mark, declare, make enactment, appoint time, space, quantity, and labor. The self-existent eternal one, Yahuwah, hath certified, hath earnestly promised, son, builder of the house, from sunrise to sunset, you are brought forth. I declare your pedigree. Inquire of me. Entreat my leave, and I will assign, I will appoint, 
I will recompense, I will deliver a troop of animals, a flock of locusts, foreign nations as your inheritance and possession. In your displeasure, spoil them, break them in pieces, afflict those who have afflicted with the rod of correction, a tool of iron, dash them to pieces, scatter them as a potter, mold and fashion them as a vessel, a weapon, an instrument or psalter. Consider yourselves and deal prudently. Your Malachiam, your royal governing ones, be chastised and reproved. You that contend with violent emotion, cringe with fear, shudder and tremble. Attach yourselves to the heir apparent. He is sorely displeased. He breathes hard in his wrath. Fall and perish. You shall not escape when he treads down, when he, tre when he threshes. When, with the flare of his nostrils, the fire of his wrath is kindled but a little, the Barak and Happy flee to his protection. The Barak and Happy make the self-existent one, Yahuwah, their refuge. All right. Thank you, Noah. Uh, this one is actually a really good companion piece to Psalm 1 because, you, you again, you have sort of a a, uh, there's a little bit of a judgment scene here. Uh, this one was really, uh, for me, this one was a little bit shocking in, um, in some ways. You have, um, you have, I know that you've, you've probably heard the word, the going are those who have no covenant with Yaha Oaha. Now, why are they in an uproar? And why are they making this tumult? Now, this word for uproar, it it actually it means that if you can if you can picture it, if you can picture it, if you've ever been or seen a huge crowd, you've got this huge crowd in front of you, and you know the murmuring and the sound that a huge crowd can make, even when they're trying to be quiet. So, so that is, is what's going on here. It's this huge crowd of people, and they're making a tumult. They're, they're um, I guess you say, starting to protest, and they're, they're raging. Um, they are, um, they're making these, these sounds of, of rage and anger. And so they've gathered into a community. They meditate, they study worthless things. Now, um, why are they gathering into a community? Why are they, um, why are they, uh, the word here is, let me find it. So they have set themselves. They've, they've gathered themselves. They've taken a position. They're taking a position. And this position is against. Against. So we have here, I, I put in the Malachiah, and that is actually singular. That is a singular word. And it actually means my Malach. Uh, but it's not a good king. Uh, he takes a position. He takes a position in these noble council, these noble princes who are counseling one another. 
and uh, advising one another, and they're joining together. Yahad. Instead of Ahad, they're Yahad. And so they're joining together, they're working together, and they're united as one. And their goal is to cast off, to cast off the restraints of, of Yahawaha and his Mashiach. That's that, that word, Mashiachwa. Uh, so that's Mashiach. So you've got uh, Mashiach and Yahawaha. You've got Yah, you've got Mashiach, and they don't want to be restrained. Uh, I know that some of you have have seen that that speech where Ronald Reagan said, "If if all you know, if all the nations, you know, if we had an outside threat, uh, we would band together. You know, all of the nations would band together, and um, that's basically what's going on here. And the threat that they they have, the position that they have taken is against." the most high this Malachiah of earth he's taking a position against the most high and so they're they're making plans and and that is their goal and i i know that uh, a lot of you we we see so much stuff we see so much stuff here on uh the unexpected cosmology discord group we see so much um where some of these these secret plans and things are exposed and uh part of it is in this next the established one who dwells the keeper of the house he settles down to judge and he's laughing he's laughing at them adonai is laughing and he's mocking them at all their their plans all their their little secret societies. He's he's he laughs at it, and um, it says that with he subdues them with his word. He subdues them with his word, and uh, uh, I think that he speaks to them in his anger is what uh, some versions say to, and and in his sore displeasure. And he, they're, they're dismayed in an instant um, at, at his anger. And I, I love the way that the Hebrews, when they they talk about when they talk about anger, uh, it's actually it has a physical. It's not just this this emotion. You know, it's not just a abstract emotion. They're actually they actually equate to something physical that's going on. In this case, they're saying. His nostrils are flaring. He's got a, a blast of his wrath. In some cases, uh, it means his face turns red. And so it's like this, this uh, physical response. Uh, and so uh, he's, his anger arises. And they are, a sudden fear seizes him. Now, uh, this next king that is mentioned on page 10, bottom of page 10, it says, pour out a libation, anoint Malach, king and messenger, set him upon his throne. This is a different king. We've got a different king here. 
and he's set upon the sacred mountain of Zion. Now, um, we've kind of been delving into a lot about that mountain of Zion and a lot of stuff that we have found. The, the uh, word uh, Zion or Zion, uh, it sometimes, in, it, they, they say it means sunny mountain. But uh, the paleo meaning, it's a shining, conspicuous work of the established trail. That's what the, the symbols, the letters actually mean. Uh, the first two letters of the word Zion actually makes Zaya, which means ship. It can also mean dryness. But So they saw a ship as a dry place in the middle of the water. So Zion has as its root word, that two-parent root, is ship. So Zion is a ship. It can also, you know, uh, uh, it's bubbling up, you know. And uh, so Zion is, uh, can mean a, also mean a signpost, a pillar. It has been set up or erected. That's from Jeremiah. Um, it can, uh, when uh, it's, 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 beautifully situated rising up where it's the peak of the mountain so it says to make an inscription scribe the tally mark declare make an enactment it's all this it's like this is a legal document we're looking at a legal document here related to malak the king and messenger we've got a legal document that's been made and yahawaha the eternal one in this document, he's cert certified, he's promised son. Now, that word son is, uh, is bet or bat and noon. And it means offspring or son. Now, this is different from later on. This is just son. Builder of the house from sunrise to sunset, you're brought forth. I declare your pedigree. So we've got a legal document. He sits upon his throne. This is my life, this king, and he's he's got a pedigree. And this is what is still Yah talking. Inquire of me, entreat my leave, and I will assign, I will appoint, I will recompense, I will deliver to you a, a troop of animals, a flock of these going as your inheritance and possession. And he's saying you can do whatever you want to with them. You can spoil them, break them into pieces, afflict those who have been afflicting. Now, this is this was a little bit graphic, and if there are children, um, cover their ears. Uh, this dash them to pieces. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, really, it's fixing to get graphic. So this dash them to into pieces with a a tool of iron. It actually it's meaning in the Hebrew where you're you're breaking through and breaking down to the the marrow of the bone and the marrow is spilling out. I scatter them as a potter, mold and fashion them as a vessel, a weapon, an instrument, or a psalter. So uh, these are the going, which are the nations who have no covenant. These are the ones who are in, these are the ones way back when, these are the ones who have taken a position against the Most High. 
And uh, he says, he's warning them. The next stanza on uh, page 12, top of 12, he says, deal prudently, you Malachayan. This is the plural of kings, you kings, you royal governing ones. Be chastised and reprove you that are contending. He's giving them a warning. He says, you need to be cringing with fear. You need to be shuddering and trembling. This is, this is a, 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 a type of fear that is just, you're, you're almost incapacitated. And in some translations, the next stanza says, kiss the sun. Um, it's, it's actually, you, you cling to him. You, you twine yourself with, with, uh, to him. You attach yourself to him. Uh, I, I always had the picture in my mind of like, if you've ever had a, a toddler to grab you around your leg and then they won't let go. And so you're trying to walk. So you're, you've attached yourself closely to the heir apparent. Now that word for heir apparent is different. It's different. It's bar, betresh, and it means son or heir. Now that's different from just son. Uh, son is any offspring, but the the bet resh is the the one who's inheriting all things. It is the root word for bakor, which is the firstborn. It's also bakhara, uh, which is the the blessing you know that that was given to that Jacob cheated you know him him out of well he tricked him out of. And it's also uh, the 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 blessing that that was given to Ephraim. It's that the bless the 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 birthright is more than the birthright. It's a land grant. So he is the heir of all things, the bar, and he attaches himself to him. He is sorely displeased. Again, we have this picture of he breathes hard in his wrath. This is this is their idea of anger, where you're you're just breathing really heavy. He says, fall and perish, you will not escape. When he dreads down, when he threshes, when a with a flare of his nostrils, the fire of his wrath is kindled but a little. Just a smidge. And it it's so he's he this is again they're giving him a, a warning. These two stanzas are warnings. And then finally it it winds down, it 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 kindly it brings it back this first idea that the Baruch and happy flee to his protection. The the they flee to his protection, uh they make the self-existent one their refuge. Now, um, if I can get my thing to working. Here we go. Uh, this so it's a wonderful picture in I can find uh, so ah, yes. You have Hasa. Those who put their trust in him. So that's got that that het, that wall of protection that's just in the ruach. That's the word for refuge. Hasa, which is a het, 
Samak and the He or Ha in the polio. So that is a refuge, a place of safety. So this happy one is the one who make him their refuge. And what happens uh, to those, you know, who do not attach themselves, this is what you will not escape. You will fall and perish. And so uh, thus ends uh, Psalm 2, which is one of my favorites. When we talk about the mountain of Melchizedek in a few weeks, about Zion being a floating ship, uh, you will all have to act surprised. We'll be revisiting that again. <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 3. Uh, yeah, uh, we've been, Pamela and I have been working a lot on these uh, translations and the hidden wilderness. Psalm 3. Of David, when he bolted from before the face of Absalom, his son. O self-existent one, Yahuwah, how my adversary has increased like raindrops, accumulating, building, growing into a flood, multiplying into thousands, nay, ten thousands. They pitch tents against me. They rear up offenses. They press me into a narrow place, affliction, anguish, tribulation. I am shot through with arrows. They crowd together, rank upon rank, upon rank plenteous in number, elders, captains, mighty ones, they boast. They publish reports, they declare to my nefash, to my vitality, to the living, breathing essence of myself. There is no yasha in Allahayam. And then we see here a, a salaha, a dramatic pause in the music. Yahuwah. Shield of scaly crocodile hide, the defense and splendor of Israel. You exalted my head. I proclaimed the self-existent one, the eternal, Yahuwah, with my voice. He heeded, he answered. He sang in response from the sacred place, his set-apart mountain. Another dramatic pause in the music. Like one ravished by a lover, I cast myself down, exhausted. I slept. Startled, I woke to keep watch. Yahuwah supported me when I wavered. I will not dread, even if the thousands become ten thousands and these multiply into millions, even if troops, nations, peoples array themselves to encircle my dwelling or encompass me about like an angry horde. Arise, Yahuwah, confirm by decree, Yasha, preserve, avenge, rescue, Allah, uh, Alu Aha. Smite these murderers, wound my foes upon the jawbone, crush and destroy the front teeth of the morally wrong, the guilty and condemned. Yahuwah, self-existent one, Yahuwah, upon the tribes of Israel, your prosperity, followed by a dramatic cessation of the music. Okay, now, uh, I forgot to say this. Um... A Mismore of David. Now that is um, a lot of a lot of his his songs have that as their um, as their heading. A Mismore of David, um, and this word Mismore. Uh, usually they say it's a song or a psalm of David. Uh, what's interesting about it is that. Uh, 
the Zion in the middle uh, represents a tool. It always represents a tool. Um, and it is probably a, um, a song or, or music, a poem that is, um, it, it, there may be like a, a plectrum, like, a, like we would think of a guitar pig as a plectrum. Uh, in ancient times, they used sometimes feathers to pluck uh, pluck the instrument, something like, something like a a dulcimer, and you would have this this uh, this plectrum, this thing that's plucking the notes with it, and it has also the heading of when he bolted from before the face of Absalom, his son. Now that's it's really, uh, it's a sad, it's a sad heading to think that his son, um, whom he named, uh, my father's shalom, my father's completeness. He named this son Absalom, which, you know, and it's, it's really sad. You know, some people translate shalom as peace. So my father's peace. My father's completeness, um, and so he's he's fleeing before Absalom because Absalom had started an insurrection, and he had turned the hearts of the people against David. And so when he 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 flees from Jerusalem, and uh, this is this is uh, some of the anguish of his heart. And he says, how my adversary has increased. So I guess it would be shocking uh, to one whose name means beloved. That's what David's name means. It means beloved. And uh, suddenly, you know, he's, he's out of favor. And his detractors, these people who are against him, have increased and this 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 word for increase it means they just they keep piling up and piling up they keep getting more and more and more and they trouble me they're, they're troubling him and they they're pitching tents against him they're rearing up this is a military action and uh he is just I, I, I can just see his devastation that these have raised up against him. And they crowd together, rank upon rank, um, plenteous in numbers, elders, captains, mighty ones. That's Gabor. Uh, they, they boast, they publish reports, they say to my nefesh. Now, this is... Uh, it's usually deliver. It's usually, it's usually translated as deliverance. There is no salvation. There is no deliverance. That word yasha is the the root word. Uh, it is for um, our Savior's name, yasha la, and he. It's there is no salvation. There is no yasha in Alahayam. So. I mean, you still have people who say, well, what are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? You're, you're in a corner here. How are you going to get out of it? And, um, and so he has this, he likes to put in these, uh, it's sometimes pronounced Salah in the modern. Uh, Salaha, it's a, it is a dramatic pause in the music. It can be a change of tempo. It can be a, um, a just uh, where, where it, things are shifting and changing. You know, it's like you've seen, you've heard music where it's, it's one mood in the music and it changes. And he says, Yaha Waha. Shield of scaly crocodile head hide. Uh, he says, "You are the defense and splendor of of Israel. You exalted my head, or you have have lifted me up." Now, uh, this word glory well it's sometimes called glory the defense and splendor that is um kabod in the modern or kabod and it means heavy it means heaviness and so what you you have is if you've ever seen some of these glorious garments that it's it's the if you can imagine that someone's garments has has had gold, I mean, real gold embroidered on the hem or whatever, and they've got jewels that have been that have been placed upon the garment. You know, there's there's settings of of pearls or diamonds or sapphires on the garment, and so you've got all this these these this ornamentation on the garment that the person is wearing, and so. Uh, kabod, this or kabod in the the modern, it, it's heavy. It's heavy. The garment is heavy because there's such a weight of this this splendor, this this garment that he's wearing. And so uh, the splendor of Yah, just just think of the the weight of all creation that he 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 created all of these things. And the weight of it is his splendor. He said, my kabod will, will feel, you know, my, it feels heaven and earth. And it's the weight of everything. And he says, you exalted my head. You lifted me up. I was cast down and you lifted me up. And that's actually the, the, the word rosh. You've heard of Rosh Hosanna, Rosh, um, you know, it it's actually head. Resh, Aleph, Shin, Rash, you are the lifter up of my head. And um, it means you, it's like you've been cast down. Uh, someone who's been, who's been, who's, who has, who has been cast down, but then they, they arise they're they're exalted they became very high and lofted uh and powerful and so it, it's it's he's saying i was i was cast down but you lifted up my head and so he says uh i i called out 
with my voice. I called out to him and that word, I love that word. I love that word for he answered. Um, and he, he, he answered him. Uh, he sang in response. Sometimes the, the answers are, he, he sang back to me. I called out, I cried out like a wild animal. And he, he, he sings back to me. And he sings, where does he sing from? That same sacred place, his set apart mountain. Now, it's not, um, it's not said that this is Zion, but uh, we have that understanding. And so, again, another pause in the music, change, change of tempo, change of mood. Now, like one ravished by a lover, and it does mean what it means. I, I'm trying to keep it G here, but that means what it means. It, it means what you suppose it means. It's that kind of exhaustion. Uh, so he he casts himself down. He's so exhausted. He just casts himself down, and he slept, and he, he startled, he's startled awake. And uh, he said that while I was wavering, while I was, while I was, not doing so well he sustained me he he supported me now that word for support is actually the the word the word samach which is a letter in the hebrew and that letter um it's it's like uh well let me see if i can type it into the the chat it's it's like a it's it's represents the thorn. It represents the thorn, the samak. If you if you look here, it's going to go to the right. Uh, it's three lines straight across and then one line down, and it's a thorn, samak. And it's it was used uh, by the ancients. They used this to um, to to support. And say, for instance, uh, they use thorns, shepherds would use thorns to protect their flock at night. So they would take this thorn and create a hedge. So they're, uh, they're, he said he supported me. So it's, he supported me, but he's also protecting is what's going on. It's what I'm trying to, I guess, to uh, point out. And... Uh, and so you you have supported me. And he said, I, I'm not going to be afraid of all this. I mean, he was at first, to be sure, when he saw his his own, his son, you know, turn against him and start an insurrection. And uh, when he saw all these people who joined in with Absalom to fight against him, and um, he had to flee for his life. He, he just, he had to, he had to, to run. Anyone who was supported him, they were all on the run with him. And so he, he says, even if these that are already, there's so many of them, even if they, they, they multiply into millions and they encompass me around. He said, 
arise, arise, yaha, waha, confirmed by decree. Again, that's a, a legal, it's legal, it's a legal term, uh, confirmed dec by decree. Uh, yasha, your, your deliverance, confirm it by your, your deliverance by decree. And he says to preserve, avenge, rec rescue me. And uh, it's, this is the singular of uh, Allah Hayyam. This is Allah And he said, smite them, wound my foes upon the jawbone, crush and destroy their teeth. And uh, of course, if you, if you think of a predator, uh, who loses their teeth, they're, they're not so scary anymore. I, I think about that silly um, movie that people watch in December about that abominable snowman, and they pulled his teeth, and he wasn't so scary anymore. So you would wound your foe upon the jawbone, those back teeth, and destroy their front teeth. Uh, the morally wrong and the condemned, and the guilty and condemned. So these, again, these people who do not follow Torah, they're already condemned. They're already condemned. And so he says, uh, he says, he he ends, he ends this psalm. I'm having trouble with my device. He doesn't want to scroll. He's asking for number one. He's asking again. For um, actually, he's asking for Yeshua. He's not just Yasha right here. He's asking for Yeshua. He's asking for salvation as a noun. Um, he said, "Your salvation upon your people." Now, this is the word Am, and it actually means people who are in covenant with him. And he asked for Barukah. Baruka, which is, which is, uh, it's, uh, I love this word. It's, it's found in the ironic, uh, the Aaron's uh, benediction. I don't like to use the word blessing, but uh, it means, it literally means someone who inclines towards you, who gives you favor. It means someone who kneels down and places a gift at your feet. And so it's, 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 it's a wonderful gift. They say it's um, it can even be mean an invocation of good upon your life. So that's what he's asking. Please give your gifts. Please give your prosperity to the tribes of Yasharel. And then again, it ends with a dramatic cessation of the music. And thus ends Psalm Three. All right, Psalm 4. To the preeminent musician, to the superintendent of temple services, to the musicians on stringed instruments and singers, a psalm of David, or a mismore of David, and this is what it says. I cry out for help. Answer me tunefully, O Alahayam, Sada Kuya, my righteous uh, I guess A L Al. Be all. All. Okay. Usually they some some uh in modern they say L as in 
the beginning of Elohayam or Elohim. It's uh, it's it's it should be pronounced all, but pronouncing it L is how they do it in modern. All right, my righteous all, in the name of the messianic king, respond. The adversary has edged me into a narrow place. I am crowded, cut off from escaping by my opponents. Make room for me. Enlarge my borders. Lead me by the hand to broad open spaces. Pity me. Hear and do, O Allahayam. Regard my voice. Hear my hymn of supplication. Sons of men, tell me, how long will you continue to bring reproach upon honor? How long will you cast insult upon dignity? Your appetite craves idleness. You love emptiness and vanity. You flirt with falsehood. You chase after a lie. You earnestly desire deceit. And then we see Salaha, a dramatic pause in the music. Tempo change. Consider the marked out and separate. Distinguish the distinctly, distinctly set apart. O Yahauah. Lead by the hand the faithful and kind, the pious and merciful, O Yahuwah, Shema, hear and do. Al, strong leader, hear when I cry out. Please listen when I make mention. I command my inner man, tremble and quake. Be perturbed, stand in awe. Do not miss the way. Do not incur guilt. Purify yourself from uncleanness. Think. Instruct your mind, your heart, your soul, and your understanding. Within your bedchamber, upon your couch, be still and silent. Wait. Sacrifice the Passover. Slaughter with divine justice. Follow Sadak, righteousness. Use just weights, just balances. Have confidence. Make yourself secure in all Yahuwah. Many and great are those who declare, those who boast and answer proudly, who will perceive the good, who will consider what is valuable and appropriate, who will discern what is rich and pleasant. Bear me up and let me be exalted according to the light of your countenance, O Yahuwah. Appoint my wages, grant me happy issue, bestow mirth and gladness to my mind, my will, my heart, and my understanding. Give to me more joy than that experienced by labors during the corn harvest, more than had more than had during the season of wheat and gain, when the wine, the squeezed out grapes are multiplied. Shalom, I am complete. Wholeness, health, and prosperity are mine. I cast myself down as one ravished by a lover. I sleep a deep, satisfying slumber. For you alone, O Alahayam, my rock, my security, cause me to abide in safety. Now, uh, this is also one that I, I, I really love this one. Um, now, uh, this one is, I think, the first one in book one um, that has a very interesting word. Uh, it is the word Nasa. I can get my, I'm having trouble with my device. I am so sorry. Uh, he's, it's the word Nasa, not, not ta, and Nasa, I'm sorry. 
And uh, it's very interesting because uh, the noon, uh, there are some people that say that um, it should be pronounced uh, nakash, not noon. If you know what nakash is, it is the word for serpent. And uh, in the paleo, it looks like a lightning bolt coming down. And let me see if I can, if you can, oh yeah, there it is. Uh, the first word, uh, it's the third symbol. You have the, uh, it's not actually in one. If you'll notice, it's not verse one. It's to the far right. And that third symbol that is um, uh, the noon or the nakash. And uh, it looks like a lightning bolt, and it represents life. And it also it represents this glitter, this glittering from afar. And if you if you think about it, there we have um, the zadi, which is the symbol for a trail. So this is this is this is this this trail of our path of, of shining, glittering from afar. And uh, so this person that is dedicated to or sent to is a, um, it, it could mean any of these three things, a preeminent musician, superintendent of temple services, mu musician or chief musician. And uh, the Nagin, I can't, can't pronounce this one too 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 well. The naga naga ya nuha, or it just depends on which version you're looking at. It's a stringed instrument. Uh, uh, this is we have another one. It's it's actually a mocking song, or a um, a taunt song. And uh, again, it's, it's like a satire, if you will. And so uh, again, we have the Mismore of David. And so it could be that the, this instrument used, a, again, a, a plectrum, kind of like a pick. pick. And so he says, um, I cry out. I cry out to you and answer me when I, when I call. And uh, again, it's that, um, it's kara, and it's this, this, this calling out with weeping, um, and it's, it's a powerful, the Aleph means it's a powerful call, and so he's calling out with this powerful call unto Allah Hayyam, who is, uh, he's uh, Zedekiah, which is my righteousness my just cause, my righteous all. Now, uh, that A-L, capital A, capital L. Uh, you could actually, it could, it could, I've, I left it in, I transliterated it all, but it could be, uh, I could say strong leader. Those two symbols could mean, or it could also mean chief shepherd. So my righteous chief shepherd in the name of the messianic king, respond. So the adversary has hedged me in. Now, um, 
in terms of you've, you've got these two, this contrasting uh, idea, you've got um, this distress, you're, you're pushed into a narrow place where you don't have, you don't have any option. And it's this uh, zadi, which is a path, uh, the path of the chief path or of the path of a man. So you've been, you've been in this narrow, tight space. You've been pushed into this, and it, it can also mean adversary, czar. You know, we have these, uh, in Russia, they have czar, and that's, that's the word, a czar. It's an adversary, an enemy. And um, I, 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 I see more and more where you can see that uh, there's hints of the language. You know, it was once one language, and then after Babal, it, everything, everything's scattered, but there's hints of the original language uh, in different places. And czar means one who pushes you into a, this place of distress, this narrow place. And it's, it can also mean like a hard stone. So this czar, this opponent, has pressed him into a narrow place. He's crowded. He can't escape. And so when he's asking for salvation here, uh, he's, he's asking uh, you know, for relief from this. So he's wanting, you know, send me, enlarge my space. Uh, and I really love this word for, um, he says, he said, uh, hear my, he, he says, pity me. And that word is uh, Hanan. And there again, you have that het, that het, that, or, or het, as it's called in the modern. It's this wall of protection, this wall of protection for me. Uh, which is pity me. And he says, Shema. That's the word you find in Deuteronomy. He says, Shema, O Israel. And so he's like, um, hear, hear and do. That word Shema, it doesn't mean just hear. It means do something about it. Do something about it. So he says, uh, hear my tefillim, which is where we get the word psalms from uh hear my hymn of supplication my tefillium uh and uh so he's he's asking um how long are you going to do this how are you going how long are you going to uh dishonor me bring reproach uh and this this you love what is worthless and you see this a lot in the psalms this this thing that is worthless, this vanity. You love that which is vain, emptiness, something that is it has no fruit. And this this is the idea of like idolatry. You're chasing after a lie. You're chasing after that which is false. And uh, so. You're earning, you're flirting with these falsehoods. You, you're, you're flirting with these idols and 
a lot of people don't realize that they're mixing they're mixing uh, idolatry into what they're calling worship of the most high and they're chasing after a lie it is a it's a a deity they created themselves and so you earnestly desire deceit uh so again we have another change david loves to do that uh, another dramatic pause salaha and then we have a different idea he's he said that uh i'm pressed into this narrow place you people are adversaries you're you're making it tough on me and so now he's he's saying uh he's saying uh yah has set apart he has set apart he he has he's he's set apart that the person that is godly for for himself now i want to get to that word for godly i just love it but set apart it means he's distinct he's he's marked he's separated he has made them illustrious, uh, distinguished. Uh, they're not. They're not part of this, these these adversaries. And he says he has set apart the godly, the godly for himself. Now that word uh, that's translated godly, it's actually, um, hasa, hasa. Yad, Hasayad, Hasayad, and uh, it's a wonderful word. What you've what you've got, I'm sure you've heard of the word mercy. It it occurs, but what it actually is, you've got you've got that het again. You've got the the het and the samak, which put these together, it becomes refuge. It becomes the word refuge. Those two symbols, the het and the samak and it's a word for refuge and then you put the dalit which is the door to the refuge so hasad or hasad which is usually translated as mercy is actually mean a door to refuge he said he said what what does what does yah require of you old man to do justice to love mercy to love Hassad, to love be be that door of to to a refuge for somebody and so you take that word hasad that word for mercy and you drop the yod in which is the the symbol for work so it's a work you're working at this you're this person who is godly the word for god the godly is is uh hasayad hasad Yad, which is, you know, it, you're working, you're working at, it's someone who's working at being merciful. That person is working to open that door of refuge for someone. And uh, so it says again that Yah is going to hear and do. Uh, Shama, hear and do. Strong leader, or again, that could be uh, chief shepherd. Hear when I call out. I quite cry out powerfully and listen when I'm, I might mention. 
So now he's talking to himself. He's been talking to, to Yah. He's, he's, he's talking, which is, this is verse four. If you're following along in the paleo, this is verse four. He says he's, he's commanding his inner person. He's talking to himself. He says, he says to tremble and quake, be perturbed, stand in awe. Don't, do not miss the way. Now, this word miss the way for miss the way is, is sin. I, I didn't put sin in. I've, I've, I've tried to give you a picture of how they saw it. We say the word sin and a lot of people, you know, they've, they've, they've got kind of a callous over their soul for the word sin. And so if you go back to the original thought of what sin was, we've talked about that the word, the symbol for het could mean a wall of protection. It can also be an obstruction. So the word for sin, you've got, uh, you've got the, the het or, or hot, and you've, you've got the, the, the tet, which is surround. It's a surround. And then, uh, alias, which means power or strong. So you've got a strong obstruction. Sin is a strong obstruction in your path. So when when someone the uh, the to follow righteousness is Zedekiah, it's it's the right path. And sin is an obstruction in that path. It's a strong obstruction. And you can also say that it's a misstep. In some way that you have failed, you have incurred guilt. And so he's again, he's still talking to himself. He's saying, Don't, don't do this. Don't sin. Don't miss the way. Don't, don't, uh, don't put a, a, an obstruction upon your own path. He says, Meditate, uh, think, instruct your mind, your heart, and your soul, your understanding. Uh, be silent and still uh, and wait. Just wait. And that's probably the hardest thing to do is to wait on oh, no, y'all. We want, we, want, we want to get ahead. And so he's, um, I, I left out a Salaha. Oh, man. I can't believe I did that. Uh, so Again, he's got uh, Salaha. Here's another um, pause. I just, I, I can't, I hate that I left it up. Uh, he says, sacrifice the Passover. Sacrifice the Passover, slaughter with divine justice. Follow Zedak, which is again, the right path. Righteousness. And um, and have confidence. Make yourself sure in the strong leader or chief shepherd, Yaha Awaha. Uh, he said, many are say, you know, many are, are, are declaring. They're declaring um, uh, Amar. That's Amar. He's like, they're saying, who, who will perceive the good? That's told. Or Tuab. He's like, 
and who will who's who's gonna see what's valuable and appropriate, what's rich and pleasant. And uh he said, Bear me up and let me be exalted. That's NASA. Or you know, it looked like NASA to us, that word, the transliteration. And um it is uh noon psalmic and hey behold behold again uh so he's like uh let me be exalted lift which means just lift me up according to the light of your countenance and that word or uh or how you want to pronounce it um this is the light that we see in genesis it is a strong light a powerful light a primary light, a light that comes from every direction. And this light is found in his countenance, which is uh, his faces. Uh, I put countenance, but it actually is faces, the faces of, of Yaha Oaha. And so he's praying to um, Yah. He says, um, he he wants he wants his wages. He says, "Pay me my wages." Um, and uh, again, you know that the idea of you know these people who work, they they work and and they 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 think that it, they they'll never see any good. But he he says, uh, "Point me my wages." He believes that he will. It will be repaid. Grant me happy issue, which, you know, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the, the, the longing uh, of the heart, you know, happy issue. Bestow mirth and gladness to my mind, my will, my heart, and my understanding. And that's the thought of Nafash, you know, uh, it, it, the the heart you know when you see that word heart it's it's not it's not just a, a bodily organ this is this is your your the center of your emotions the center of your will and purpose it is the leader inside that is what it literally means in the paleo it is the authority inside of you this authority in your body it is that part of you that um, causes you to do what you do. And he says, uh, bring mirth and joy and gladness to my mind, my will, my heart, and my understanding. That's actually all one word, lob or lead. And it is uh, the authority inside. And it, he says, more than, than when... Uh, than that which is experienced by laborers during the corn harvest or more than during the season of wheat and grain. And he says, uh, when, when you have this wine, the sque squeezed out grapes, when all that's multiplied. And we have shalom or shalom. He says, I'm complete. I'm, I'm whole. I'm at peace. Health and prosperity are mine. I will cast myself down as one ravished by a lover. Again, that's that that wonderfully exhausted sleep. This this kind of a sleep that 
that is so refreshing. I sleep a deep, satisfying slumber for you alone. You alone, oh, Alahayam, uh, my rock, my security. Only you cause me to, to dwell in safety. And that, that word for safety is uh, uh, bata. You cause me to dwell, to settle down. It's, it's security. It's, it's to have con- this confident mind. You're, you're in this, this town so, surrounded by walls. You have no fear. So you have this deep, satisfying slumber where you're, you feel safe and secure. And, and he gives credit to Allah Hayyam for that sense of security and confidence. And thus ends four. All right, Psalm 5, preeminent musician, superintendent of temple services, to be performed on the woodwind instrument, the flute, to the melody, behold the divided inheritance of David once again. Hearken to my words. Listen, O Yahuwah, self-existent eternal one. Consider diligently my murmuring, my whispered complaints. Incline your ears unto my voice, unto the sound of my cry. Balak, king and messenger. I will set my thoughts in order. I will array myself in battle gear. Doorkeeper, strong leader, keep watch for me. O Alahayam. Strong leader, toward you do I make supplication. Hear me, consider my meditations, incline your attention. Mark well the cry, Sha-Ua-Ah-Yah. The sound of the woodwind, the song of my heart. For unto you, Malak Elohim, strong leader, I do pray. Yaha-U-Ha. When night ends and sunrise be- uh, brings bright joy, Grant my request, hear with interest my voice as it breaks at the coming of daylight. Strong leader, you do not desire wickedness. You do not favor crimes against your moral law. Violence does not please you. You do not sojourn with the disagreeable. You do not inhabit the tents of the unkind. You do not dwell with the malignants and quarrelsome. The boastful ones shall not present themselves before your eye. You oppose all who practice systematic and habitual falsehood. Workers of vanity, sowers of sorrow, shall not position themselves in your holy court. Destroyed be speakers of untruth. They vanish. Those weavers of deceit, liars perish. The man who sheds innocent blood, the treacherous, Yahuwah detest. As for me and the abundance of your kindness, in the excellence of your favor, I come into your family. Your faithfulness multiplies. I shelter in your house in the land of Ephraim. I bow down. Within your set-apart dwelling before the presence, I give reverence to you, O Alahayam, O Yahuha. Turn my eyes toward Zadak, righteousness. As one outside a weary traveler, guide me towards your tabernacle. Bestow upon me the inheritance of righteousness in order to reveal the purpose of my opponents on account of the insidious watchers. 
in front of seraphim and in the faces of cherubim. Make straight my path, my journey, the course of my life. Their breath is not stable, their mouth is not established. In due time their work shall be revealed. In the house of man their thoughts shall be made apparent. Their throats open into a chasm. Their tongue devours calamity and ruin. With breath they scatter, with speech they divide, with language they plunder. These strong who lead into chaos, who ensnare, devour, and offend, O Allahayam, cast down these fallen ones by their own devices, ensnare them with their own counsel. Let all rejoice and be glad that flee for protection, that seek refuge in Allahayam. You lead them to the ancient house, you establish them fixed, immovable, for this time, further than one could see or perceive to the edge of the horizon and beyond. Give a ringing cry, exult and pray, sing for joy, fenced about, shut in, defended. They dwell triumphant in your house. They rejoice in your fame. You bestow gifts of righteousness, a rich inheritance upon those who guard your Torah. O Yahuwah, self-existent, eternal one, you surround the just with goodwill. You crown the faithful with favor as a barbed shield, as the buckler crafted of scaly dragonhide that guards with prickliness and with piercing cold. You protect all those who wait on you. All right. So in this one, the beginning of this one, the heading of this one, we have a new instrument. You, we've had the, um, we've talked about the nigga. Niginoth, uh, which is uh, the a type of song, but it's also a stringed instrument. We have another one. Um, in this case, it's it's called the uh, Shimonith in the modern Shama Yana Uath in the Paleo. And so this is another type of instrument. Um, it has an octave. It's an, it's, it's an octave. The meaning is kind of, they're not quite sure of what the meaning is on that one, but it does have like the octave in it. Um, and of course, the Mismore again, a song of David. Um, and so he's like, um, he's, asking again he's asking for um he's asking for for help um he says uh consider diligently uh, my murmuring my whispered complaint uh hear the sound of my cry uh sorry um, hear my groaning. And uh, again, he's saying, my Malach, which is my king, um, and my Alahayan. Now, the interesting part about the word Malach, it is um, the root for it, the two letter root for it is um, Lamad or Lamed. And uh, off and it means foot so a malak is one who walks for another and so uh, that's why you know messenger is 
a really good word for a king is actually one who should be a messenger from the Most High. But of course, unfortunately, that does not always happen. Uh, they're usually a messenger for themselves. But he says to this Malak, this king and messenger, he says, hear my cry, uh, my cry unto you. Um, this is uh, this is a, a outcry, a cry for help, a little bit different from the kara that we had before. And he's um, begging for help. And he says, um, he's, he's, he's watching, he's waiting. I'm praying to you. I'm arraying myself in battle gear. And uh, he says, he says, strong leader. I'm, I'm in the morning. I, you know, this, this thought of uh, I'm, when sunrise brings bright joy in the morning, the sunrise bright joy, he says, grant my request. And so it's, it's got this daybreak, but he's also saying my voice breaks. So he's, he's saying that my cry, which it could be this cry for help. It can also mean the sound of the woodwind. Uh, or a song to his heart he says unto you i pray when night ends and sunrise brings bright joy he says grant my request and so you've you've got this thought that, that he's actually he's he's been praying throughout the night and so he's been praying throughout the night and then morning brings bright joy and um this i i don't know if you've had this experience in your life uh but Again, I'm, I'm going back to most recent history, my most recent history. Um, Wednesday uh, afternoon, my daughter uh, was rushed to the emergency room and she was 37 weeks pregnant and she was diagnosed with preeclampsia. And so during the whole night, this whole night, I was just, I was terrified. I was petrified and I was praying and, uh, and um, and my granddaughter was born right before sunrise. And I mean, just like the last few instances uh, before the sun came up over the horizon. Her name is Eliora, which means "El is my light." And uh, and so this the morning brought bright joy for us because she was she was delivered safely. And once, of course, Jessica was was the the delivered of the baby, the preeclampsia. I mean, that's the only cure that they said for preeclampsia was delivering the baby. And so my voice it breaks at the coming of daylight. Now uh, again, we have that Aleph and um, the Lamed. A lot of times that is not translated. There's you we you don't realize that there are a lot of times that there are symbols and letters that they, they just don't translate. It'll say something like not available, not available. They just don't translate it. But if you if you look at this this right here, the Aleph and the the Lamet, it, it can mean strong leader, pronounced all, 
or it can mean chief shepherd. You do not desire wickedness. Uh, that is that, and that word wickedness, um, again, it's rasha, and it is that falsehood, unrighteousness, fraud. It actually means fraud, fraud, something fraudulent. You do not favor crimes against your moral law. And that word there for your, um, your moral law would be, of course, uh, the, the Torah. Uh, so he says, you, they shall not, he says, you do not favor these crimes. Violence doesn't please you. You don't sojourn with the disagreeable. Uh, that one kind of hit me. You don't ha inhabited, inhabit the tents of the unkind. You don't dwell with the malignant and quarrelsome. Uh, at the time of this writing, you know, sometimes, you know, I was, I was living with some that were quarrelsome and then I was, I was being, in, I was being, I felt like I was being affected by the quarrelsomeness. So it, it can happen to us all. So the, the boastfulness shall not present themselves before your eye. Uh, and it is ion, which is, of course, a symbol for, um, ex you know, experience. The ion represents your experiences, your um, it, knowledge. It can mean knowledge. And he says... Uh, they can't exist before your eye, in your sight. You know, you oppose all who practice systematic and habitual falsehood. And uh, this is, uh, again, it's, it's people who are, who are following after this emptiness, this vanity, which is idolatry. Uh, idolatry is often, it's, it's often associated with with something that's empty and vain. And so uh, it's also, this is the same word, workers of vanity, sowers of sorrow. These are pe people who, who were doing this habitual uh, falsehood. They've got this, they, they cause misfortune. They cause calamity in the other, in other people's lives. And he says the, they will not, have a position they will not set themselves up in your court and this again this goes back to that same scene we had a couple of psalms ago that the unrighteous will not stand uh it, to, it will not ar arise in ju ju judgment and so he says uh they're they're not reliable these people aren't reliable um because uh, they they are uh, they're they're destroyed because of this untruth. They're they're going to vanish. They're going to perish. These people who shed innocent in, in, innocent blood, uh, he detests them. They will one day be gone. They will one day be gone. And um, 
he says, uh, those, those who, 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 uh, follow after you, these, these, these who, who follow after you, these who, I, I'm going to trust in the abundance of your kindness. I will shelter in your house. And, um, I'm trying to find my, my notes. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, so he's, I'm going to shelter in your house. Now that, um, this is actually Bayat, which means of course house, but originally, um, when the language came about, which I believe, you know, I believe it was from the beginning, uh, the bet, the, the, the bet, the bot, the symbol for house, uh, it actually re represents the house, as in the house of Yah, because in the beginning, people didn't live in houses. Um, I suppose that in the garden, maybe they slept under trees, or um, I, I'm not sure, but, but that symbol means inside or house or family so i'm i'm going to dwell i'm going to take shelter in your house in your family and uh, uh i think after the fall of humanity i think they felt they they went to a shelter their shelter they found was like a cave or something like that and so he says i i will find shelter in your house in your it's your palace your fortress your your temple your dwelling you know um what's inside in your family uh all of these all of these things i'm going to in particular i'm going to find my shelter there um he says i bow down within your set apart dwelling before the presence I give reference to uh, you, O Alahayan. And uh, he says, turn my eyes unto righteousness. Um, some translations say, lead me. Uh, naha, naha, guide, guide me. Naha, guide me. Uh, lead me, lead me back. You can actually lead me back. To righteousness um sort of like as you would think of the prodigal son lead me back to righteousness as one outside now um a a person who's an outcast uh it hata it it, it you know uh you have that hat again it's a barrier uh and he says, guide me to your tabernacle. Bestow upon me the inheritance of righteousness in order to reveal the purpose of my opponent. Um, and he's, this is Sharar, which is, you know, when you have a double, a double uh, consonant in Hebrew, it just, it's, um, it, it 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 
it has usually has a negative meaning. And so this is someone who's twisted away. They've turned away. Um, and this person is hard in, in a bad sense. And um, they're an adversary. They're an adversary. Uh, so you've got this, this Shin or Sean at the very beginning. It's, it's destruction. Someone who's, who's, who's doing this um, path of destruction um, and who are not following Darach, the Darach of Al-Hayyam. They, they're, they're not following his path. They're fo not following, they're pa following their own path. And, um, and so he says, lead me in your way. Righteousness, re remember, is Zedekiah. And it means, um, it means to follow the right path. He says, make your dark straight. You know, make it straight. Let it, let it be, um, let it be uh, revealed. All these people who have, have, have been following their own devices these people who use their speech um revealing uh, let reveal in due time let them let them be revealed um that their breath they they use speech they use language uh to ensnare people and uh they lead into chaos there was there's that and they ensnare, devour, and ascend, and cast down these fallen ones by their own devices. Now, uh, uh, I think my my device does not want to. Okay, there we go. Found it. Okay, so um, they he says to to with their devices and that word devices is where we get all this these councils that they do and that is nafal it, it, it's actually the the root for nafalim these fallen ones uh so these all the way back these these insidious watchers these nafalim these these who uh these fallen ones who follow their own counsel they're they're people who who use uh it says that their throat opens into a chasm and their tongue devours calamity and ruin and um these are rebels these people have rebelled and that word uh, is mara which is bitter uh, so mar is the word for bitter. Mara is people who are contentious, rebellious. They plunder. They divide. This actually, if you if you notice, with language they plunder. Uh, that's where we get the word marauder. Uh, in in times past, uh, these cities that were along the coast of Israel, there were these cities and these these uh, people these marauders would come from the sea and so that that meal meant chaos from the water and so they 
they it was a bitter thing to them that they would come and they would take everything that they had these marauders they would plunder they would take everything and then they would drag it away and uh so it was very bitter to these 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 hebrews that these marauders would come back and 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 take everything that they had and he says uh cast down these these nafal uh, by their own devices, these fallen ones, and ensnare them with their own counsel. And uh, next we have the, uh, again, we have him um, pleading, and he said, let all uh, rejoice and be glad that flee for protection. And uh, and that's Shemach. Again, we have the 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 devi- devouring chaos, but there's a wall of protection. We have that head, that wall of protection um, for those who put their chasa, which again the het and samic means refuge, and with the hay at the end, it's a revelation of your refuge or behold your refuge and so he says let all rejoice and be glad that flee for protection that seek refuge in Allah Hayyam. he says you will lead them into the ancient house and uh and you will establish them fixed immobile immovable for this time and further than um, you can, can one can see or perceive to the edge of horizon of the horizon and uh, beyond. And he says, "Give a ringing cry, exult in praise." It's you know, let it's it's, it's this joyful, joyful sound. Um, and he said because he's defended them he's defended them they have triumphed in his love he is actually they have triumphed in his love and in his name and he said you bestow gifts of righteousness a rich inheritance upon those who guard your torah and he said you will bless them you will you will you will be a shield around them. Now, this one, this is the first time that I, I, I ran into the, uh, the dragon hide. Uh, that was, it was, um, it was, uh, it has actually this, this idea that it has barbs on them. The shield has got these, these, um, these hooks or barbs on it. And it's, and it, it guards with its prickliness, but apparently it had this piercing cold. I, I, I can only assume that the, the dragon, uh, maybe some kind of ice dragon, I don't know. And so it, it guards with prickliness and with piercing cold. And again, he says, you are this protector. You're the protector you surround these people. He's, he's surrounding. He's protecting them uh, because they 
weight on him. And so in that one, we have the, the tet, which is a surround, a symbol of a basket. It looks like a cross with a circle around it. And he says, you surround, um, like with a crown, uh, all those who wait on you. So these who wait on you are going to be crowned. Uh, you pr protect them. You surround them. Uh, and with us, we end number five. Thank you, Pamela. Now, I have a quick question. You had put in there the line insidious watchers. And then, of course, right under that, you put seraphim and cherubim. And so are you uh, are you finding a reference to the watchers in there? Um, that comes from the word nafal. Now, you have nephel, nephilim, but um, I mean, that's the distinction that they mean in uh, some of the modern, but what that means is someone who has fallen from their first estate. And so these are, are, uh, these are the ones, whether it was seraphim or cherubim, uh, you can see that there's a list of them, uh, cherubim, seraphim, and watchers who have, these are ones who have fallen from their original estate. I think that Enoch and, and Jude um, I think it's Jude that, that says that they're kept in, in, you know, that these who have fallen from their first estate and, um, yes, it's Jude. It, sir. Yes, it's Jude. Yes. Jude where he, he, he almost copies and pastes Enoch where he says that, that these, They've left their first estate, and that's what that word means. All of these who left their first account of the, the these watchers, these seraphim, the cherubim, they they've left their their first calling. They've left left what they were assigned to do. And, right, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, yeah, thank you. I yeah, I you called me sir. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I don't know when the last time somebody called me sir before. So, um, and I didn't mean to interrupt. I my apologies. Um, so now this is up to you. How much further you would like to to go? Would you like to go through Psalm six? Would you like to turn it over to um, a discussion at this point? What would you like to do, Pamela? Well, if you want to discuss it, because uh, I think we've been, what, two hours? We're over we're two hours. We're two hours in. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think I talk too much. Um, but if you want to open it up for discussion, uh, that would be, if anyone has questions or um, comments. Well, you guys heard Miss Pamela. So, uh, and, and, from what you have so far presented and and taken us through, I really appreciate Pamela and and I just really want to uh, remind. Well, I, I don't need to remind everyone. I mean, I think that this is really exciting and cutting edge stuff, and uh, just to be able to see these these word pictures and see so much of as as Rebecca and Pamela put earlier that uh, there's uh, many possibilities, the many possibilities of what it could be saying in here. And so handing it over to you guys, what are your thoughts? Did anyone have any observations? Does anyone have any questions? Can you hear me? 
I can hear you. Oh, great. This is Gordon. How are you doing today? Noel, right? Noel? That, it's Noel. I'm doing good. Thank you, Gordon. What, what's, on your, what's on your mind? Well, a couple things. You know, I, I really like the translation. She did, Pamela did a wonderful job. I really enjoyed the, the reading. Um, very deep studies. I definitely appreciate all that was put into it. So that's number one. Another thought I had was, you know, when I was studying this stuff, you know, about, I don't know, quite a while ago, about seven years ago, you know, the, the pronunciation, you, you uh, pronounce Yahua, right? Yahua, you have a pronunciation there. And as a YHWH, I was always, and I had this question for Pamela, you know, I was under the, the impression it would be easy to pronounce, you know, if you're going to call on God's name, it should be something that should be easy. So I understood it to be Yahua, you know, it's just we added in these other letters and it gives denotation of other, you know, uh, attributes to his name, obviously. But in reality, he gave us four letters. And the easiest way to pronounce that I know of would be Yahweh, right? So anyways, that's it. But I definitely appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing. God bless everyone. Well, um, it's, it's, it's interesting what you pointed out. Um, I can't remember what writing it was that said that the, the name of the Most High was four vowels. And those four vowels are the Yah, the Ha, the wah and the ha. And so uh so I'm I'm just letting the letters speak for themselves when I say yaha, waha. Yeah. And uh if I were to say one I mean I'm just going by the paleo. The next um if I didn't go by that one, I I think it's Yahuwah uh would be the the a second choice i think though what i try to emphasize when um i'm talking to people about the pronunciation i mean these are these are the letters um in the modern they say yod hey vav hey uh these are the letters and they're all vowels all four of those symbols are vowels and more important than the pronunciation is to know uh, to the ancient Hebrews, it was his name and his character. Do you know his character? That's that's the main thing. Uh, the word itself means Yah, he will. Kuaha, he will breathe. That is what it, it means. Um, it could also be one that's closely associated with that is Yahya, Yahya, which is he will exist. And you see that form in Exodus 3, but he uses the word, of course, the Aleph, which means I will. And so you have uh, Ahayaha. And a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they say that name, but the only one who could actually genuinely say that is, of course, the most high and safe, because th with the Aleph in front, that means I will. So I would, if I were talking about him, I would say I have to say, Yah, Hayaha. Uh, so it's it's because he will, because I'm talking about him. I'm not talking about myself. So, um, so like I said, um, the Cherokees they they pronounce uh, the you know the pronunciation that you were using, Gordon, wasn't it? Is he yes, still there? Gordon. Thank you. Yes, it's Gordon. I'm actually Cherokee, yes. but uh, by, by blood. Are you? Yeah. I am too. I am too. Right. I'm one eighth <laughs> Cherokee. And so the oh, the, the Cherokee. 
I'm one eighth, and I could probably, if if I wanted the government in my business, I could, I could probably be certified. But I'm not doing that. They have no business right. in my business. And so, you but uh, <laughs> uh, but if you'll notice, um, a lot the paleo sounds a lot like Cherokee and a lot of a lot like Native American uh, words, like uh, aloha is actually uh is uh, actually the the singular of alahayam and uh, like words like iowa again that it has its roots in uh hebrew and so um uh, as i the more i discover it the more i find that it does sound a lot like cherokee it does sound a lot like uh native american languages and so that's well, the, just, the language of gentleness, isn't it? Or not in the book of Jasper. I think they mentioned it. They called it the, the language of gentleness. Uh, and, and I can, I can see that because, um, I know in, in, uh, in English, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a musician and, and I had to take diction for singers and I had to learn the different vowel sounds and the different consonant sounds for all these different languages. And uh, English was the most troublesome because English has 22 vowel combinations. And it's just crazy. It's, it's just crazy. But uh, uh, the Hebrew language has, it has five. It has wow. five vowel sounds. And... So it it's it's uh and is that I think that's Deborah Deborah yeah. she said she's also high <laughs> she's also Cherokee uh yes and that word in the middle there uh Deborah Ashar that's happy <laughs> they usually translate it uh which or because but that's that's a happy too. Yes, and it does. The olive always means uh, father or strength. It's, it's, if you were to say it's the ox head, and uh, it represents power and strength. There's the horns, you know. And uh, I think that it's no, uh, they say that the olive is silent. <laughs> I think they're trying to silence father is what I think they're trying to do. That's just my own personal opinion. Oh yeah, he put up some. He put up some. Is that Cherokee, James? Yes, it is. I I was learning Cherokee. You can actually learn Cherokee too. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna actually. Uh, I I haven't had time to do any of those things, but I definitely would like to because I really love language. You know, English yes. is uh, my first language, but you know, I kind of. Have, he's given me a, an ability to understand words and where they come from just by thinking about it, you know, so yeah. universe, one speech, one verse, one word, one song, you know. So that's how, kind of how I, I've really got my knowledge is just by dividing the words. So it's similar to what you do. And I even went into Paleo-Hebrew for just a little bit. Really, I was fasting like seven days and did it. And it's like, I got a lot of this stuff together. Like, wow, this is overwhelming. <laughs> it's just a lot. It does. But, There's uh, been a few, it'd been a few times that I had to, I had to get up and just walk away because it was just, as you say, some of it was just like overwhelming. I'm like, you know, 
My great-great-grandfather is uh, Chief John Ross of the Cherokee tribe. So. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yep, I descended. I'm actually, uh, he's like great-great-uncle. My great-great-grandmother was his sister. So, pretty That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Great. Irish and Cherokee. Yep. Amen. Oh. Uh, but anyways, mm-hmm. thank you for answering my question. I'm sure other people have other things to talk about, so I'll let the other people come in. Thank you so if much. If I can interject, Gordon, I also yeah. say Yahua. There's an interesting story about uh, Dr. Stephen Pigeon. When he was putting the S affair together, he actually delayed the release for almost two years. He wanted to be sure of pronunciations. And he was at the Wailing Wall on a visit to uh, Jerusalem. And he heard uh, someone singing the name Yahweh in a song. And he interviewed the woman, and she was a uh, uh, direct, uh, full-blooded uh, uh, Navajo princess and she said the song goes back to antiquities uh before uh the messiah and uh that's where he uh, settled on the name also as you were saying pamela and thanks that was uh awesome and i hope we uh continue and go throughout all the psalms the um word aqua that's a uh, an ancient native name uh for water which is spirit which is the spirit is uh, Yahweh, Yahweh, but every tribe and every uh, nation um, from Canada to the Incas have some sound or word that are similar in all the languages that they sing of, uh, whether it's uh, Cherokee or the Utes or the uh, Mayans or uh, the Hopi. They all have a, a name and a sound for uh Yahweh. Amen. Thank you for adding that, uh, Joel. Another thing that came to my mind, because you were, uh, you know, this is another thing that, that at the same time I kind of came to uh, an idea of the, uh, the word ale, um, ale, yeah, ale, you know, ale is, represents in English, and old English and old Greek is uh, oil and Aramaic, and it's original old English is, I believe, Aramaic anyways, but ale, yeah, you know, the God of my strength, the God of know riches and fatness and wonderful things without oil we would be uh we would turn into dust so thank god for oil that sounds like a lot of us are finding out that we're all from the same tribe the uh cherokee tonight i guess it's a big family <laughs> union and uh wow. i can't say this uh you know 100 percent, but i was raised being told and showing photos that my third great grandfather married a Cherokee woman. And it was basically the story. Uh, it was like the movie dances with wolves was a ripoff of my family heritage because he fought in the American civil war. We have his letters and everything. And he got injured legs, spared his leg, didn't cut it off. He went out West, married a, uh, a Cherokee woman. Although I think it was Sue in, in the, um, in that movie. And uh, I'm trying to look through the records now. It's like a Mandela effect. It's been like totally scrubbed, erased. Like apparently I am no longer uh, related to any Native American group. So it's a great mystery. And uh, <laughs> anyways, it looks like a lot of people in here are all chiming in that they're related to the Cherokee in some way. Um, it, does anybody else have any other uh, thoughts or questions on this? I do. Thank you, Pamela. That was really um, good and inspiring. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Eric Bissell's work. Um, I've sat under a couple of his teachings of Paleo-Hebrew. I was just wondering, uh, curious of how um, 
you did your studies because I know with the paleo Hebrew, like um, there's I know the way he does it, like there's like you have because I know there's like seven layers to the paleo Hebrew. And if you have like, say, Allah, for example, that uh, it because it obviously means something different than in the modern Hebrew. So if you have Aleph where it means first leader strength and are how like how do you translate it? So do you do like one word and then you look at each individual letter and then transcribe um each uh and then kind of make your sentences from that word or like how do you go about transcribing each um word well it's 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 a lengthy process um first uh as you say i i write it out in the paleo i mean i do have i have eric bissell's um Eric Talji, his is a little bit different from the the uh, Westminster Leningrad Codex, which is what I I usually use, and uh, I transcribe it out by hand in the Paleo, and then I I write down the meaning of each of those letters, and then I start trying to find that that root, the the root. Um, for for the word and uh, because if you can find that that one two-letter parent root then you have that the underlying meaning um say for instance uh the the name for father Ab. you have uh, uh the aleph and the bayat but and uh it means strength in the house. Well, um, say for instance, the word for love, you you drop the 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 hay or the ha in there, and it becomes the word ahab. So it it means that's what's recognized as being the 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 word love. But what it's literally meaning is behold the father. Uh, and so, uh, so you you see these these layers, as you say, um, layers of meaning. And so, um, it's you know what it said in Proverbs. You know, you're 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 wrestling with every word, and sometimes it it, it does get frustrating and intense. Um, uh, I was joking with some of my my friends. Uh, that uh, I've I've had a hard tr- I'm in I'm into book two now, and I've had trouble with the sons of Korah, uh, because I don't understand them as much as I I can understand the works of David. I, I get David, but sometimes I get frustrated with with some of the things that are they're being. I'm just like, what is what is being said here? And so every word sometimes is a struggle to find that underlying meaning what's really being said not just what anybody can get a lexicon and um uh and 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 just get some kind of lexicon or the strong's concordance which by the way strong's concordance has got a lot of mistakes in it um so it's not that you can't you know just come up with that and then just come up with the the what you would think of as the the traditional 
the traditional uh, uh, definition. Uh, sometimes it's the same. It's just saying it in a more picturesque way. Uh, and sometimes I'm just, I'm like, that's not it at all. That's not, that's not what's being said here. That's not it at all. So uh, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're dividing each word, you know, rightly dividing the word. You're doing that because the Hebrew is, is they stack the, they stack words on top of words and they talk, stack words on, on a meaning on top of meaning. And so you're, you're wrestling with every word in, and it's, it's a lengthy process. I could probably, um, I could probably just spend even more time than what I have because the language is so deep. Uh, yeah. I hope that... So good. Um, so Eryctology is different process and you, you use then. So, so you're going taking everything back to the root word. Do you, do you use that epitomology um, dictionary in your studies? Is that uh, my favorite? If I, if I, I have a, um, if I use a lexicon, uh, if I, if I give any kind of recommendation, it would be Jacinius's Hebrew Chaldean lexicon. Uh, I, I try to use the paleo. Uh, mo most of the time, I use the paleo, but Jacinius is is, um, is, and I'm lucky enough that I found one uh, from 1979 because the digital one online is different. They've changed it. And considering he's been dead a while, uh, that's remarkable that he uh, he edited his stuff from the grave. Um, so uh, my advice is if you can find a Jacinius, uh, an older, older one, um, uh, that would be the best if you want to have. Uh, and I also, I've used Jeff. Greener, have you if you've heard of him? He was he's been one of the people that I have followed. I've followed a lot of different teachers and I've learned a lot. Um awesome, yeah. And I know I've I've seen I've read his book. Um really good. Well, thank you. Uh you've done amazing work. I really appreciate uh sitting through this. It was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Does anyone else have any uh, anything you wanted to add? Hello, it's Gordon again. I don't mean to take up too much time. Hey, um, you were talking about the Aleph, you know, and I and I watched the Maseroth, and there's an Aleph, the Taurus, the Bull is up there. You know, just interesting. I've been watching it for a while, but I noticed the thing that Mars moved into from between the two horns into the ear, and it stayed there for like two weeks, maybe a month, maybe three weeks. And it's just now moved up, and this uh, Mars is sitting on the horn of Taurus right now. Right? Yeah, I, I was noticing that myself, and I was, I was actually like, "Wow!" You know, when I saw uh, what you, uh, I, I don't know who posted the Maseroth in our Maseroth uh, channel, but I was like, that was kind of disconcerting to me um, to see Mars moving up into the horn um, right well it's, and it's war against the uh the the aleph or the leadership right 
Yes, I mean, um, they, war this, in the ears, right? And so everybody hears war here, all well, they can hear is war. And the next thing you know, it's moving into the horns. It's either anointing and empowering them for war. You know, God's Nazareth, it's not Satan, that's for sure. Well, but it's they, uh, well, it's, it's been a war against the off, uh, the, the head, the, um, the first, uh, so um it's you know they're trying to silence the most high they're they're trying to uh, make war against them they're there's it's like in um psalm 2 they're they're taking a position against the most high and they're going against his anointed ones and there absolutely. are many anointed, many of them on this channel obviously uh, uh and absolutely. that's the thing is uh, you know Two things come to mind is when when righteous people give way to evil, it muddies the waters. So we want to make sure that we're not doing that uh, in our own life and, and, and the people we represent. We want to speak the truth and make sure it's God. Anyways, thank you again, Karen. Pamela, right? Yes, Pamela. And it was it was my wife Ronnie who posted that on the Mazros. She has a little app on her phone. She's pretty okay. Together. Okay. Well, I, I enjoyed uh, seeing that the the Mazara. Uh, stuff Amen. where it was we'll share a little more of it yeah we find amen thank you again hey guys. well um i'm going to be closing shop here real soon any last takers speak now forever hold your peace I just had one more question, um, Pamela. Have you ever, like, I know you're doing the Psalms. Have you ever gone into some of the other books? Because I, I know that I've seen um, some of the other teachings that they've transcribed Paleo Hebrew, like Daniel 12 and that. And it literally doesn't even say, like, when you read it from Paleo Hebrew, it, it's like a whole different story. I was just curious if you've done anything other than the Psalms. Uh, yes, I've I've done some from Genesis that I've shared with Noel and that was really shocking to me when I saw what was really going on in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 5 uh that was shocking I uh the ruach um has has kind of been um moving me to work in some of the um the uh the the 12 you know the what they call the minor prophets but they have this major uh, message, and there's one I've I've been working in Malachi, and um, I think that part of it is included in the Psalm, uh, the book, the Psalms from the Paleo. In the very back is a little bit of that, and it it it, it was unbelievable when I was working from. Uh, chapter one of malachi um what's really going on it's just sometimes when you when you look at the paleo and you see what is actually going on it's it's a little bit shocking because as you say it's it's so different than what is being represented uh in in the uh most translations
Well, Pamela, I do really appreciate, I know so many in here, everyone in here does uh, appreciate this uh, presentation you gave and taking us through your translations. Of course, we only got through five. In the first volume, there's maybe, I'm looking at the table of contents now, there's maybe 50 psalms in here. There's it goes through Psalm 41, and then we jump into the Songs of Ascending, and then there's a couple others from Scripture. And just so everybody knows, this is a very ambitious project on Pamela's part. I should have put this into the introduction. And um, for those of you who um, subscribe to the TUC Book Club, this is one of those things that helps uh, support uh, Pamela. And uh, so she can get on the second volume, the third. How many volumes do you suspect there's going to be? I think maybe four. I, I think I think there's six books in the Psalms. Uh, some of them are 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 short. Um, I, I've I, I've thought about you know do I do do that or do I combine a couple? Um, but it, it's divided into six books. And uh, which means I, there's still five yet to go um, of the Psalms, and um, and I've I think I'm like halfway through book two, and uh, I've sh shared some of some of it with you. It, it's, it just seems like it's like uh, shock after shock after shock. You know, the, those sons of Korah that I've uh, wrestled with, they had some interesting interesting things to say and um very messianic scenes ahead of us so there's lots lots yet to do as michael says psalm 119 will be one book and <laughs> and uh, as, as polly says there are five books in psalms making canon uh 70 which is actually a pretty good point so uh it's uh, it's kind of interesting because yeah, Psalms. If it is five books and we merge it into one, it's technically five different books. So, um, okay. Well, I think that's going to be it's officially tonight. And it, as I was saying, uh, this helps uh, um, encourage um, both financially and in other ways for Pamela to be able to finish these translations. It's going to be a long process for her. I don't know how long it's going to take. A couple more years. And hopefully we can get that second edition out uh, before summer's over. I don't know how long. I'm, gonna... I'm hoping so. Yeah. All right. And so we're going to be closing tonight's uh, Shabbat Shalom one last time. Pamela, is there anything that you want to just say for closure? Uh, just I, I thank you all. I thank you for your your patience. Uh, and like I said, I'm not I'm not perfect, and uh, there's there's no perfect translation. We are we're we're wrestling with this because uh I, I feel like it was a judgment from the most high that we lost the language uh that it was part of the judgment against us for idolatry and for turning away from torah and as people are are turning back to torah he's opening up the books uh and and so i i feel like there's going to be much more revealed uh, in this generation, I feel like there's there's even more startling things to come, and so you know, hang on to your hang hang on to your seat, folks. There's more to come. 
Okay. Well, like I said, Shabbat Shalom one last time, guys. That's it. And uh, let the after party begin. And uh, Pamela, you're, you know, you're free to go if you'd like or stick around. Well, and... I, there's one question. Beloved asked, what was the most surprising thing you found while doing this? Wow. I would say uh, Messiah. He's everywhere. Um, and some of it, they've, uh, they've deliberately, um, uh, I guess you say obfuscated, they've deliberately, it's like, you know, redacted, um, Messiah is everywhere, sun and air, that word bar, the sun and air, bar, kiss the sun, uh, the sun, attach yourself to the air, the air apparent. It was, it, it was, it's that, it's, it's that seeing Messiah everywhere um, and see how much he was in the Old Testament because, you know, it's just like, ta-da, you know, a lot of people think, ta-da, he shows up in the New Testament. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. And. That, um, that's something that Pamela and I have been talking a lot about. I think, Pamela, you were, it was like maybe a year ago now. She gave a presentation on here about uh, Yahusha in the Old Testament. And it's something that we've commented on a lot because one of the things we see every few years within the Torah movement, there's these big breakoffs where people, you know, these anti Messiah movements, and they all, the spirit kind of comes through and flushes the toilets, and a lot of people go. And there was a big one, of course, a couple of years ago that hit the community hard. And I had a lot of people telling me, almost like heartbroken, that they searched through the Old Testament and he's not there. You know, it's just he was made up in the New Testament, uh, the son of Elohim. And that's obviously, as Pamela, you would say that is not the case, that he's everywhere. And we see these in these translations. Yes, uh, he's he's everywhere. I mean, first verse, Genesis 1, 1, he's there. Uh, so sorry, and, and I yeah, and I, and I covered that a couple months ago in the uh, Paleo Hebrew and the uh, Genesis reset, and that came, of course, from Pamela's translation as well. And she's right; he's boom right there. This the 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 sun, the air, um, right there. Like it's the opening, it's the opening um conflict that happens that the 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 air is being announced, and this darkness rises up out of the abyss in. Uh, in protest, trying to topple the air, and then you see the Ruach Kakadesh violently moving forward to suppress and hold back this darkness. It's so epic, but it, he's there from the very beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. First, it's like you say his story. Um, I, I, it's like you know, it, it's telling his story from the to, from the beginning to the end. Uh, and you know, the Most High, the Father, is it's it's. it's Yes, yes, it's it's father too, but but it's like um, it's like his the the earth was given into the hands of the sun, and he's been very active in the lives of of the people, and and it's it's just a shame that most people don't even know it. I have a quick question. Yeah, for isn't he in verse two also? He says, "Then he said, and they said, let there be light.' Jesus said, yeah. 'I am yes. the light of the world.' But right yes, there, that, I mean, that word, that word for 
uh, he said, that's translated, he said, or sometimes they say commanded. It means uh, he brought forth. He brought forth. That's an interesting Amen. term. He brought forth light. And that light, it, like I said, is not, it's not like it, it's, it's, it's got the Aleph or off in it. And it is a strong light. It is a powerful light, a light from every direction. And it's not saying that it was created in this moment. That's not a creation word. It's a bringing forth word. I don't know when, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that in that moment, he's brought forth, you know, uh, well, Jesus, not, you see what said, no man has seen the father at any time, but the son. And so the only person that was in the garden and walking with Abraham and, you know, negotiating with him and has ever visited mankind in the flesh or a visible form would be Jesus John again. Like, well, that's what I get. Oh, well, I don't, you know, I just, you know, I've, I've wrestled with this. Uh, his, his father, um, I mean, how, how much did he work or could we have endured it? Because, um, it says that he's a consuming fire. Could, could earth have survived had he, touched down you know um very good uh, i i don't know i don't know that we could have could have survived it because as you say um no man can be in his presence uh he said that you know when he was talking to moses he said he was talking about the the malah um that would go before the children of israel he said my name is in him and don't, you know, don't be, don't be vexing him or, or, you know, putting him to the test. Cause he's not, he's not, he, he will destroy you in a minute. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I, this is some of the stuff I wrestle with. What could, have we, has, has father ever been on, on earth? I don't know. Pamela, does the, et, um, the olive top appear in the paleo. Uh, yes, it, it it does. It's it it means literally the olive top means a a powerful sign or a powerful covenant. Um, it it is what is in it 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 um. I can't remember how it goes in Revelation. Uh, it says that I am the Alpha and Omega. It, that's in the Hebrew revelation. That's not what it's going to say. He, I mean, John is writing. He he's not going to say that. I would have to go back and look at it and see exactly what's saying. But he he is saying that I'm the beginning and the end. Um, some people say that that's the divine marker, but it it literally means in the paleo it means powerful sign, and it happens before. It's like look, something important is happening after this. So in, in the terms of Genesis 1 and 1, he, he says, uh, he says, uh, Al-Hayam, you know, Bara, yeah, Bara Al-Hayam, uh, S, S, Haishamayan, Ulaas, Ares. So he's like, this is important. 
This is a sign. This is a powerful sign. The heavens are a powerful sign and Aratz, which we say earth, both of these are powerful signs. And there's something important going on here. So, uh, yes, it happens lots. And again, it's one of those words where they, they say, it, it says in, in these, some of these lexicons uh, and in the Strong's Concordance, it says not available. This is not um, translatable into English, which, you know, yeah, it is. So. I have another quick question. Are you familiar with the uh, the Targums? And the yes, question I is, am. The question is, you know, they're they're like my favorites, and I can't get enough. But uh, to answer Gordon and some other questions in the background, I think uh, uh, Justin James Garcia Zen son did a book on the uh, uh, the Memra of Yah. And how it appears in the Pentateuch 11 times, but in the Targums, it appears 217 times. So as you were saying, there is a, a vast conspiracy to do away with the names. And uh, I think that's one of them. And I like that, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, things about the Targum is uh, the Targums is they uh, keep the uh, word of Yah in there. Well, I, what I like about the Targums is I've often thought that, you know, if you really, you know, the Targums, they, they have so much more detail. I think that if we go back and we translate from the paleo, we're going to end up with something a little bit more like the Targum. There's going to be lots more detail because uh, they've tried to do this one thought for one thought translation and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work because there's so much going on. And uh, so I think that if, if uh, we, that is to say the Hebrews, today's Hebrews, if uh, we translate uh, the Torah, we're going to, to find something uh, a little bit more like the Targums uh, than 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 what we have, so to speak. That's actually what you just stated is, I, I didn't even really thought about it like that. And uh, like, so like a word for word, right? So a modern Hebrew is, is a word for word, correct? Yes. Okay. So if it, it, you could say, would, would you say the Aramaic is a word for word too? Um, kind of? Aram I'm not talking I, about the Targum, just the Aramaic. Uh, Targum, the Aramaic would be, uh, it uses the same, it started out with the same font as Paleo. Okay. And it, it moved, it too moved into uh, what we call the square script, the Babylonian square script or the, the, the Chaldean letters which is what the modern uses. The, the difference between the two is the fact that they have different meanings. 
the Aramaic, you know, it looks like the same word, but they've ascribed a different meaning to a word than what the modern Israeli Hebrew does. And, the reason, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fish. I don't, I'm not as familiar with the Aramaic. Uh, say, for instance, you've got um, the word for father in Hebrew, in the paleo is ab, and in Aramaic is abba. So you have this, is this, is this, did it spring from a different pronunciation? Uh, did it spring from, you know, they went this away and the Hebrews went that away? I don't know. Well, the reason I, I said that is because obviously if you put the Hebrew or the Hebrew master right, let's just say that because the English is also a Targum. So the, the, the English Targum is a Targum of a Targum and the, uh, the English Old Testament is a Targum of a Targum because they, the Hebrew is even a Targum of the Paleo. But if you put the Aramaic Targum and the, say, the King James Torah uh, side by side, the, the, the Targum is going to be longer, right? Because it has more words in it. And I like the way you described it as uh, that the Paleo Hebrew would be very different. I mean, very similar to that. Uh, kind of like going through um, your Psalms because you're looking at pictures and you're trying to pull out the meaning. And that's one of the accusations against the Targum that it's, it's you know, that's more there that maybe shouldn't be there. But I'm kind of, I didn't really think about it quite like in that way as, as you described it. So I do appreciate that. Well, I just, I feel like that there's more detail that we're missing. And so there should be more information. Uh, I'm not saying that he's he's going to give us everything, but I think that there's more information in the in the the manuscripts than what we recognize or realize. And I, I mean, we've all experienced it where uh, we we've read a passage, read a passage, read a passage, and just suddenly, boom, we have. Um, we 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 get we get we find a new meaning. Is that I um? I didn't want to begin talking about this uh, on the recording tonight, but of course Pamela and I were discussing this earlier today. Uh, that there's a lot of people are maybe the best word to use is offense. A lot of people are getting offended at the Paleo Hebrew. They're getting. Uh, defensive, uh, maybe angry, making accusations about it. And really, at the end of the day, I think that a lot of, you know, there's only two prime emotions, love and fear. And a lot of people are afraid, they feel insecure, because the the Paleo-Hebrew, maybe they have a lot of pride in their translation, whatever, but the Paleo-Hebrew is is bringing more depth of discovery into these texts. And I could see why people are, there's going to be a lot of guys, there's going to be a lot of hit pieces against the Paleo Hebrew. And it's probably already begun. Um, was uh, Hopefully Michael doesn't mind me uh, mentioning this. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he talked about how he gave a presentation and he like threw one Paleo thing out there in his presentation. And it was the one thing that was heavily attacked uh, by a, uh, his uh, maybe his local congregation or something like that, uh, and and so there's something about this study that it really does pry at people's insecurities, um, and maybe tackles you know 
topples or threatens to topple their high places. So I uh, just want to you know throw that out there that that's kind of what we're dealing with with this. One of the things that Pamela uh, uh, and I had touched on this once before in another conversation is that with the pictorial language of that particular uh, uh, Paleo-Hebrew, if we were to put that into complete pictures, okay, you got, I mean, picture a picture, okay, for every single one of those, and we put that into books that what we'd end up with instead of a Bible, we'd have a whole entire set of encyclopedias. And, I mean, to be able to understand the true pictograph language and to see it for what it really meant, that, that would just be totally mind-boggling. And I, I doubt if anyone will ever be able to do that, but I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, 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 I don't know... Um... You know how people are, are getting to where they they speak emoji. <laughs> they speak emoji now. You know, they they speak to one another with, with these little um avatar looking things. Um and people are they seem to be moving toward more pictures. And you know, we can I I have I have student. I have students. You know, I'm a, a school teacher, and I have students who uh, I've had students who could not even write their own name, and they're 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 spelling. And I I'll, sometimes I'll tell them, I say, well, if you can answer with a picture, do it. And um, and so pictures, um, they ha they can tell a story, whereas you might struggle with a word, but the picture. As they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. And um, we have 22, 22 pictures in the paleo. And the way that they're combined, it, they tell a story. You know, Ob, strength in the house. It's actually the tent pole. It's also a word for the tent pole. And... Um, the tent pole, you know, it was, it's, um, it's not just, it supports the tent, but also if, say, for instance, the family was attacked, uh, they would grab that tent pole and defend the, fa the family with it. So it's support and defense. So it, it's telling you a story uh, just with two symbols, just two symbols, and you get, you get this wonderful picture of of what father does and who father is he's the support and defense of the family when you're talking about the pictures uh, that was the one thing that when i was um, listening to eric bissell's um teaching he had shared a story about that very thing when you're talking about the pictures and his brother who's a pastor he shares a story and says that he was going over to africa and he was trying to get to show him the pictures in paleo. And he says, you can, all you literally have to do is show them the pictures. And it tells you the whole story of um, Yahusha's death and resurrection. 
in paleo and you can very easily do it with paleo just by pictures and they can literally get it so I just thought it was interesting that you were saying that about the pictures and that's kind of what brought back to my my memory of that oh I mean yeah I mean just uh like like uh I think Noel said and maybe uh Gordon or maybe Dean not sorry I can't remember who was but um like every word could be uh, a sentence it it could in some of them are it could almost be a paragraph but then every every sentence is it's it it, it 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 could be volumes and volumes like those old world book encyclopedias if you really if you really even get a close approximation of what um of what's really happening in the text um it, it takes a lot of English words to equi- to 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 be the same as, if if that makes sense. Yeah, like you don't even have to speak the same language to somebody that like that's what I think is amazing. Just like you said, like your student could write their name, and then like if somebody doesn't even have to speak the language, and everybody can identify with a picture of something. That's what I think is so brilliant about it. Absolutely. I think a lot of the understanding uh, has to do with education. Um, these pictorial languages and things seem to be much uh, quicker and easily understood by uh, native people or even people here in the Philippines. I mean, they're only a few hundred years out of the jungle. I'm not being mean when I say that. I'm, I'm just stating the facts. Uh, and even when it comes to flat earth, uh, the name of the Father, all the things that I've been trying to explain to my wife and others, you know, that are near me here, they get it real quick. I mean, no problem at all. But when I try to speak to Americans that have been educated into the system, it's like beating your head against a rock. I mean, there's just no way. I, I've seen the planets. I've seen that they're all around. I'm like, really? No, you haven't you've seen a circle you have did you go behind it you actually seen that it was a round ball and it's like it's like beating your head against a rock but education has a lot to do uh i think the the more simplistic that the educational system is uh it, it easier for those people to get it interestingly enough the word education comes from the root word to adduce or to learn to think so education in itself just means to teach someone how to think our our definition of giving people information and calling that education is just rebranding indoctrination. I was having this conversation with a brother earlier on today, and it was really similar to what you were just sharing, John, about how people from other countries readily accept the gospel and they readily accept deeper truths so much more than people in Western society would. Like in Africa, both Nigeria and Ghana, I was able to share huge things with them and they just got it like that and they'd ask questions and their critical thinking skills would ignite and they would just be super passionate about this idea passionate about an idea that they're not you know completely on board with but able to talk about it and not just shut you down with their indoctrination i mean that's exactly what it is if the if the educational system in any country it doesn't matter which one it is if it is a government instituted educational system it's an indoctrination camp that's all they are they're they're just massive indoctrination camps 
all over the world and they are run by the one world system you know whatever you want to call it i to me I, I, it's the beast it's the beast system and and they're indoctrination camps plain and simple well you know um i'm a teacher and you know i i i see it i um colleges schools um I see it, the the indoctrination, and some of it is very subtle. You know, it's it's very subtle. Um, and um, I, I've just I've I've reached this this point in my life. I'm I'm asking myself, how can two walk together unless they agree? And I I just I don't agree with it. And so my the it's like, where does that lead to, <laughs> you know, um, unemployed, <laughs> unemployed in Florida, um, because uh, I don't agree with what's going on. I don't agree with how children are indoctrinated. I don't agree with, um, uh, you know, that that people are, are, Teachers, you know, um, are 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 becoming the the local parents. You know, it's the teachers who are giving the children their moral compass. It's the teachers who are, you know, and that's that's just not that's not the way that y'all meant it to be. Uh, a child's first teachers are their parents, and they should always be their parents. And um, and to see these agendas, uh, where these these little ones are spouting this 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 stuff back at me, regurgitating this stuff back at me, and um, and and you're, we're supposed to be silent, you know, and not not speak out. Um, truth and I just I I just I can't be silent you know and so uh that's where that's where I'm at <laughs> I've seen so many videos lately uh you know how they have algorithms you especially on Facebook uh, if you watch a video next thing you know you got a dozen more just like it and I have seen so many uh parent teachers conferences and also uh, where they have these conferences in front of the educational boards where parents, I mean, all over the United States are bringing up this problem of teachers teaching the, uh, this garbage about you can, you can be, you know, anything you want. You know, uh, be a dog, be whatever, you know, there's no gender, you know, the, the, the genders is that all that teaching is wrong. You can be whatever you want to be. And, and you know, it's, it's just amazing. And thank God that so many parents are actually standing up to this garbage, but it's, it's getting sad. The question I would ask is what, what is the benefit or the outcome from them standing up? Ultimately, like what change is occurring? Because it's a system that's in place that you know, maybe the board removes the teacher, but that doesn't change the root cause, which is the education system or indoctrination system in itself. The parents will ultimately, if they really want to change, will begin schooling their children 
via a different method and take them out of the system. I agree with it. That was James. That was you, James. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Would you say I, that the the time for well-meaning teachers in the system grows more and more short? I mean, how how can you how can you stand for right? How can you stand for proper teaching in that in that space? Well, I will I will just t tell you something that you you might not be hearing in the news. I will tell you what I'm seeing, and uh, it's a mass exodus. It is a mass exodus from um, the schools. You people do not realize in the state of Alabama, uh, over sixty percent of the teachers that are teaching are not certified teachers; they are emergency teachers. In the state of Florida, mass exodus. You've got. You've got classrooms that are that have uh, over the limit of what is should be being taught. Crowded classrooms. Why? Because you can't find subs. You don't have enough teachers. They're having to pull. Um, they're they're pulling teachers from everywhere. You know, uh, one school that I know of pulled the art teacher, put her in a classroom because he didn't have anyone. Couldn't find anyone. People don't realize that that this is occurring. That um, that the outcome of one of the things they did with the COVID, teachers are done. Uh, they they put more and more on teachers. Uh, in the state of Florida this year, we all had to be certified as a you know how how they make us certify cpr now you have to have emergency training in mental health i'm not a mental health worker why are you putting that on me in fact it should be illegal it it, it should be illegal uh, you know for this kind of stuff going on we're not this this is all wrong this is all wrong. They say, oh, you need to know. You need to know the signs. Um, it's just more and more that they're piling on teachers, um, making them do, you know, um, uh, you're just, you, sometimes teachers just feel like glorified babysitters. And um, I know one teacher, uh, you know, got you know a, t a parent uh got furious because the teacher didn't didn't tie her child's shoe and 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 the t parent said that's your job teaching the child how to tie their shoes that's your job and that that's that sometimes that's that is the idea of parents that's your job Teaching them how to be a good person, that's your job. Uh, teaching them how manners, that's your job. And uh, that's not the way it should be. That is not what it should be. And you've got, it, it's just a mass exodus out of the school system. And people don't realize this is happening. And it's happening not just in the state of Florida, it's happening in the state of Alabama, all over. Teachers are leaving. 
they're leaving. Uh, teachers who have been there a long time, uh, you know, I'm I'm retiring. I'm gone. So, you know, I can clearly remember when all of this started. I mean, seriously, because uh, I just happened to have elementary children that were in school, and this was back in the '80s. Uh, when the educational system, according to the government rules that they put out to them, told the teachers to teach the children that their parents were no longer able to discipline them. That right there, back in the 80s, was the beginning of the downfall, in my opinion, of the whole entire world when they said that parents were not able to discipline their children. That's when the government took over the rights, and that's when everything went to pot. From there, it was a downhill slide, 1,000 miles an hour. 